Damn Good Cherry Podcast. Um, Welcome to the Damn Good go. Cherry Podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Goofy. Yeah. <laughs> but we really are nailing it now that it's the last one. Yeah. We finally got it done. Yeah. Nobody fucked it up. Nobody got done. that title yeah. down. It took us good. this long. Yeah. But we're going to talk about parts 16, 17, and 18 of Twin Peaks, The Return. The end. The end. Like, finally. Yes. Or maybe finally. Well, I mean, when you say it like that, it sounds so... Sad. Sad. Like, no, finally. God. No, it's more finally like we finally know what's what the end oh, is. Oh, yeah, because they really resolved everything. Yeah, so I'm, everything's yeah. resolved. Oh, finally, all the questions have been answered. <laughs> <laughs> but in episode 16, we get Cooper back. Yeah. I mean... Well, there was some great stuff, yeah. I mean, we... Oh. I'm not going to lie. When he comes back and in that coma or whatever, I mean, the Mitchum brothers are great, again, in the episode, and, uh-huh. and everything that happens with that, and just, he wakes up, and I, tears in my eyes, the, the yep. theme song starts playing, I'm like, no, this isn't happening, I'm not crying, I'm not crying, I'm not crying. Oh, they, they trigger the theme at the oh. right time, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they did. And, uh, great. And I then, am the FBI. Yeah, I am the FBI. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Boner. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Lady Boner. Uh, that well, was so great. He was yeah. business from the second that he woke up. Well, and what I liked about 100%. it is, it, is it, it was pretty obvious that he retained the knowledge of while he was in Dougie, mm-hmm. yeah. and also what he's been doing in the lodge this whole time. Yeah, aware the whole time. Yeah, he was. He seemed hyper aware of, of everything, and he was ready. So, to do know. you think that at, since he was in Dougie, so to speak, or however, were because he wasn't really in Dougie, but he was playing Dougie or, or whatever. I think he was trapped in Dougie. Because, well, Dougie went yeah. to the lodge and got sucked in, so he's not trapped in Dougie. Well, the. the the, the, the Dougie shell uh, is, is what he's essentially trapped in. Like, so I think that he went into the Dougie shell be, because of a botched plan. It didn't yeah. go exactly right. according to plan. Right. And so he was always, at least in my opinion, he was supposed to come out at a specific time and, t- and place and date. Okay, and so he that's had to wait why. maybe for that date. That's he was he went he went out early. Like everything got botched, right. and so he went early into Dougie Jones. And that's why he was in this stagnant place for a while. Because it wasn't the right time. Because really, nothing triggered him popping out of that coma other than the fact that it was like, hmm, shit's starting to hum. And then, Gordon boom. Cool. And, well, and then the one-armed man's like, there, wake up. Yeah. And he fucking yeah. pops up. Wake up. You know, so it, it, this whole time we've been waiting for like some cataclysmic event to trigger Cooper. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't. No. He, even the shock of the electricity. Yeah. I'm sure we all felt at that cliffhanger. Well, that's it. He's yeah. gonna wake up. Cool. Oh, I thought you know? immediately he was I, gonna wake yeah. up. Yeah, I, no. was wait, I was waiting for it. Yeah. So once again, Lynch has continued to, in a way, give us what we want, but just not how we want it. Mm-hmm. Like so much of this show has been that. Yeah. Speaking of that sound that uh, Bushnell hears and wakes up and walks away, and the, you know, walks out of the room and mm-hmm. apparently wakes up Cooper. We went back and watched some of the Fire Walk With Me stuff from, like, the uh, the ultimate, the... Um, the missing pieces the missing and stuff. pieces. And, and the first few episodes. And the first few episodes and deleted scenes. But we noticed that uh, in the scene where we meet the one arm, uh, not the one, the, 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 the short dancing the man. man for a and, he, uh-huh. and he rubs his hands together and creates the exact same sound. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't doubt sound. it. I wouldn't doubt it at all. So I, I just thought that was really quite a Was that Cooper's dream? 
right? From like episode yes. three. Yes. So, so, so you're doing oh, that's this. what it is. So it's from the pilot, the international pilot. Right, which turned out to be episode three when they exactly. reused that footage. Exactly. So yeah, when he rubs his hands together, it creates the exact same. It was very weird to hear rewatching it because, like, even just rewatching the first two episodes, not to totally get off track, but and Fire Walk with Me, it's like, oh my god, it all makes sense. Yeah, there's, there's, and I feel like the more we watch the old stuff again, the more the return is going to completely make sense somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Because as we've been, like I said, as we've been rewatching it, I'm like, holy shit. So you're telling me that if I go back and rewatch the old Twin Peaks. The whole James Hurley Evelyn Marsh side story is suddenly gonna yes. matter. Yes. Like I'm gonna give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Yeah. That's not gonna happen. Then <laughs> no. But <laughs> there's still a few missteps that will never be explained. Well, I mean, I, f- I feel like that's the Cooper moment is huge, and we've been building towards mm-hmm. that. That's the most nostalgia we're going to get. Like, it, 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 it very much is, because really what happens from Cooper from there on, we'll talk about, but you, it, it was a very fan servicey moment, Yes, uh, I felt, where it was just, you get the, the dialogue, you get the oh, I am the FBI, and the music, and it's just like, ha! That was and great. And that was, a, that was plenty for me. Like, the, everything that happened after that, yeah. I was still fine with, but like, just having that moment to where there's Dale Cooper again, uh-huh. where I'm like, because again, rewatching the old ones, I'm like, oh, I really miss. Yeah. There's so many characters that you're like, I'm invested in yeah. these characters. We cheered whenever he, whenever he ripped the tubes out of his mouth. I mean, whenever you heard the sound, I, I remember us going like, oh my god, oh my god, is this is this happening? Like, <laughs> finally, uh, and yeah, whenever it happened, I remember just raising my arms like, oh, we're like, yeah, yay, yeah. I'm so excited. There was a lot of jumping and clapping and cheering. I mean, really, though, like... We earned that moment. (laughs) I feel like we We put up a lot. Yeah, (laughs) we we earned it. There was a lot of Dougie. A lot of Dougie. Dougie. But it was so good. You know what's funny is after you got a little bit of coal uh, of of, of Cooper, Mm -hmm. then you're like, Miss Dougie. I like Dougie. Yeah, Dougie. At first, I didn't like Dougie, and then it's like, Dougie was important, and and we... I'm glad that we had him. <laughs> Dougie was important, but I do think that if, unless we're done talking about the, the transformation of Coop, uh, Dougie to Coop, pretty important stuff happens right at the beginning of the episode, which is the whole uh, Cooper or Dirty Coop taking, oh, yeah. taking uh, uh, Richard Horn, Richard Horn mm-hmm. to the coordinates. So we have seen Dirty Coop get three sets of coordinates. I've, I've been thinking about it. So we got Jeffries, mm-hmm. we've got Ray mm-hmm. and then Diane mm-hmm. gave him coordinates. Does everybody agree those yes. are the three coordinates he got? Yes. yes. So two of those matched, and that was where he was with Richard. Mm-hmm. But this scene is also important because it does confirm that Richard is Cooper's son. Mm-hmm. So Cooper did rape Audrey. Yes. I mean, that's that's, that's, that's the only that's, explanation. Yeah, there's, he, that's the only explanation. He is yep. evil, Coops. So. Which I feel yes. pretty proud that pretty early on. Yeah. That yeah. a lot of people grabbed onto that. Yeah. And, and were like, I think that's what it yeah. is. There's there's been some good, like hive mindset theories that have been proved. Right. Yeah. And then there's been some that like way off. Yeah. Way <laughs> off. Uh, we were just talking about this today. I know we're not supposed to talk about this outside the podcast, oh, but it's we hard not to. It's been we need a way to so <laughs> fun dealing with all these mysteries and questions and the things that don't matter ultimately mm-hmm. that may matter even in the 
but but they're never going to be explained that we mm-hmm. spent a lot of time chewing on. Mm-hmm. A lot of time. Which is thinking awesome about. that somebody's yeah. told a story to where you're like, that's going to mean something, and then later on, that didn't fucking mean anything. Yeah, yeah. And I, 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 I was, I, you know, been reading a lot of insight of other people about what's been going on and blah blah. We'll get into the theories and whatnot. But one thing I did read that uh, I found was interesting is that in previous interviews. Both David Lynch and Mark Frost have made it clear that they understand that there is that hive mindset trying to solve their mysteries and trying to to pick apart every single piece of these. So I think they take great joy in spiking the the shit out of this. Yeah. I would totally be like, now the internet is a buzz uh with that last episode that we just put out and watch this. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) let me just put all does any I mean there there could be just so much that they just put in. Just because they know people are gonna like chew on it for weeks, oh, yeah. and then turn I mean, out one one nine. One one nine. She was nothing. Great nothing. Fucking example. Right. Nothing. Right. Nothing. Remember a few weeks ago, you and I almost argued about girl crawling <laughs> through the roadhouse. Nothing. Like, I thought it was the most important mm-hmm. fucking thing in the world. Nothing. Nothing. Because mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I still have the theory that everything happened in the roadhouse, except for like the James Hurley shit, was all a dream. Or one of my oh, second like. favorite moments from that this episode, uh, which apparently I blew up the Twin Peaks page oh, yes. with, with my post yeah. about how I wish that uh, it was Catherine <laughs> that disguised it was the ball pole. Uh-huh. Yeah. The great Lynchian moment that like... Um, you expected it to be somebody. Yeah, yeah. it was nobody. It's just this just random guy character that was pissed. Had a, had a, it was so funny. So It was so <laughs> funny to me. And uh, I had to unfollow that post because it kept, people kept interacting with it. And last I, I left, it had like 600 likes. Jeez, dude. And I was Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, go, so go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, well, I'm just trying to, like, move forward with yeah. whatever happened with them. Jerry Horn, again, we still see him. He's so great. Like, that's the best. The binoculars. I love the, the I love the, the little laughs that he's uh-huh. always stuck in to mm-hmm. everyone. So, like, this is really serious. Oh, wait. And you're like, wait, should I get off? Right? Yeah. Yeah. But again, I, yeah. I, I really thought that there was going to be some sort of larger connection to him being in the woods and, like, mm-hmm. the whole conversation he had with his foot. Yep. And He's just on drugs. Nope. He's just yeah. on but drugs. apparently he made it from Twin Peaks to Wyoming. Right. Yeah. On foot. Which is really far. Yeah. <laughs> he went on a journey. Yeah. Very lost. So Very speaking lost. of uh, the coordinates, real quick, who do you think gave him the wrong coordinates? Well, two people gave him the wrong coordinates. So one person gave him the wrong. Two, two people gave it. Two, two matched, and that's the but, one he went to first. But that right? was the trap. Okay, so, so who people. gave? Who are the two people that gave him those coordinates, and who gave him what we would consider maybe the correct? I believe that Wait. Diane definitely gave him the trap because she resends mm-hmm. him something. So we kind mm-hmm. of got Diane, right? Yep. So really, it's a question between Ray and Philip Jeffries, and Ray got his coordinates from Philip Jeffries, mm-hmm. but I think supposedly. Supposedly. So what about Ruth Davenport's arm? So I think that was fake. I think Albert and I'm going to go ahead and go into it. I think Albert and Gordon Cole knew she's a tulpa. We'll get to that later. I think they knew that that wasn't Diane from the very mm-hmm. beginning. Mm-hmm. They knew that wasn't Diane. And they... Feeding her false information. And they gave her, her false information. Yes, because they knew too. she was communicating yeah. with, with Dirty Coop. They knew all the time. Like, I can't see Cole and Albert not knowing that that's what was going to happen. Like, that, that she was communicating with him and that if they had any information, they had to... Then that's why they kept her close. That's why they made her a deputy. Like, we want to keep her close. I think we, we, we were touching on that a little bit earlier, that they had suspicions of her 
Um, I do think, I don't know if they knew that she was speaking with the doppelganger, though, because I feel like they seemed to catch on that there were two Coopers pretty late. Everybody yeah. kind of did. Even so, though but it, they knew that she was communicating with Cole, somebody. I think Cole. I think Cole knew as soon as he met Coop in prison. That uh, night, I think he's. I he think knew he knew that, that, was, that yeah, wasn't. You might be right. You yeah. might be right. Uh, no, he knew. He, yeah, that, he knew that that wasn't Cooper. There was that scene after they left the prison immediately. The the the, the scene where he said a blue rose. It doesn't get any bluer. Like yeah. you know, they they knew right then. That oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a really they, good. They knew. Yeah. yeah. Look at you. Yeah, yeah. remember it. I'm yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I mean, they knew then. You know so, what, yeah. what's so fun? I, I do want to say this again. I've touched on this a few other times. Go ahead. What if they knew then that also, I mean, maybe maybe that's maybe. what it took for them to know that Diane was also, you know, like that's that's when they knew that, that they, what neither it? of them were, right. were who they should be. Yeah. Could be. I think they might have been suspicious of Diane. Yeah. And that might have been the confirmation of, of everything. Yeah. And uh, this is the episode where we go. Oh, go ahead. No, go please. Where we go into Diane and finding out that she. Yes, so this is where story. she. Rec- okay, so we, it goes back to the coop story. Yeah. Tell where essentially he sends Richard into the trap. Mm-hmm. Climb up there, son, mm-hmm. and get fried. Yeah. And Jerry Horn witnesses it through the wrong end of a binocular. <laughs> so funny. Great, Those, right? Yeah, it's great. And he's mad at the binoculars. And it's a character that you're like, you got, I don't care. Like, yeah. I can't just cut what you I get. felt really sorry for, for, Richard? for Jerry Horn right now. Oh, oh Jerry oh, right. Horn, yeah. Do you guys think that Bad Coop knew that it was a trap, or do you think he legitimately I think, I think he suspected it. I think yeah. he had yeah. no idea. Yeah. No, I think I that's think why he, he sent him up yeah. there because he took something with could him be. to. Yeah. yeah, he thought it could be, but he wasn't sure which yeah. set of coordinates was the trap. Yeah, it was just yeah. convenient to just wipe it, wipe, wipe that. Go ahead and get wipe. rid of that character. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get rid of this. I don't want him yeah. being my inheritance. But there's another situation where somebody that is seemingly important. To the whole, it seems like he was going to play mm-hmm. a role. You know, that's Cooper's kid, kid. Oh, yeah. and you know, yeah. like the drug I, I dealer, like the kid, the kid. He was involved. Yeah, I and then, so too. And then just a pawn. No, I didn't feel that way. I felt after he hit the kid, and after he started just showing us what a shit face he was, that he was there to die. Like, like yeah. that yeah, character maybe. is here to give us some justice and make us like really, really root for his death. That was well. I it wasn't that satisfactory. I was then. For like, it. <laughs> uh, it seemed like it was more of a confirmation for Cooper that he was right. He was being set up. So then he texts Diane, Diane. or he tries to. The text doesn't go through, if I'm not mistaken. It, That's it says, what I've like, seen. not delivered. Not delivered, yeah. Um, but we then see Diane at her favorite bar mm-hmm. receiving said text, which says all with a, a, smiley, a face. smiley face, which Did obviously he? freaks her out. Mm-hmm. Did anybody else like know right then that that was in order to to go mm-hmm. and kill them all? And oh, you I did. thought so. Like all the I FBI so. agents. Yeah. yeah. You think that was? I thought it was more like all like give me all the numbers. I felt yeah. both ways. Like you didn't uh-huh. give me everything. Give me all that. She's like shit. Yeah. And, then and then she, she sent him a long straight. It looked like a credit yeah. card number. Like, like that's not coordinates. What she sent him again. Like yeah. I need to buy some shoes on Amazon and I need your card number now. Yeah. Give it. All um, but I still then <laughs> after that and saw all the numbers. I was like, no, she's. And then when she walked in that room with him, I was like she's supposed to kill them all. Yeah, Especially, you know, they showed the, gun, showed the gun, and there was that that definite tension of 
that so moment she, when she reaches in and pulls out cigarettes oh and like they play yeah. with it like that was real mm. tense well in every other scene I as far as I know she had it all like out like she always had a cigarette ready to go like she you know, that's true she always she didn't never have hands. to fumble around for those smokes like she always had them on the ready until then but I, I kind of felt like at that scene at the bar um, and you can kind of see her going through a little bit of something like she sees that text and then realizes that he's still alive and then it all hits her like here's what I have to do I don't want to do it but Mm -hmm. I'm you know like she's completely not in control and she's in the next room you know in the next scene I'm not me I'm not me because she didn't want to text him those coordinates she didn't want to Mm -hmm. you know send him she thought the the trap plan was going to work right and so she was just you know completely like overtaken and then they cue that music again when she walks into that hotel room Dirty Dirty Coops music yeah Yeah. Dirty Coops Dirty Coops music like uh which is a great track uh but then that whole walk you knew what she was going in there to do. Oh, like, I knew. It. I knew. They I knew set it up. Soon as she keeps showing Cole just sitting there. Uh-huh. As soon as she got the text. I know. I swear, I was just sitting there going, I swear to God, if she shoots Albert and Cole right now, they die. Yeah. And she doesn't shoot Tammy so, too. I'm gonna be real pissed about this. Speaking of which, so we should take a moment to uh, to appreciate uh, Tammy's ninja-like speed skills uh, because oh. when Albert pulls his gun out during that time, Abby, uh, uh, Tammy manages manages to. Disappear completely off camera, probably uh-huh. with her purse to get the gun, and then, yeah. the, and then suddenly appear all of a sudden. Uh, is she oops <laughs> again? <laughs> a, a person that felt like she was going to uh, have a bigger role to play, other than just eye candy. I'm really that's pretty convinced that's why David. She, yeah, she, I agree. She, she, she sings music that David Lynch writes for her too. Yeah. Like she's she's kind of like artist, yeah. a little yeah. Because the more I watched her, uh, no offense to, I mean. Just not a great actress. Like no. the re- her, when she she's delivering dialogue, it's not so bad. It's it's bad, but uh, whenever she's not speaking and she's like having to react to other oh, actors, yes. oh, it's great. Bro, I was, oh, really, I was noticing yeah. in the next um, see or the next episode when they open with David Lynch, it, it, Gordon Cole's guys kind of couldn't yeah. do it. You know the the gone soft joke, not where it counts. You know. Um, he pointed it out uh, last night that you know he thought maybe that it implied the two of them had something going on. Her reaction to his yeah, she kind of gives him like an really yeah. just sort like, of look. But her reaction when Albert is in that restaurant with the uh-huh. with the corner lady oh, or whatever, yeah. and she's like, Ugh. I'm like, oh my god, I'm not yeah. an actress, but I feel like I could do a better. But job. yeah, there was a like, the, directly after that, he uh, Gordon Cole is apologizing to Albert for uh, not having told him the story, right. and he's like, okay, you know, and she but she goes to listen and she's like just really making these exaggerated oh, yeah. Yeah. listening motions and I was <laughs> why doesn't she just go like this with probably like really annoyed with her character oh, for the what first time like, she gives him like the, the lean in with the eyebrow raise and I'm like yeah, she was like, definitely higher for one reason and yeah. it was her walk and I know, and I, so, so, I know some men will disagree with me but I think <laughs> Jessica Rabbit was more anatomically correct than she is <laughs> <laughs> so in in this scene, we find out things that we had speculated about. Mm-hmm. Diane was raped by Dirty Coop at right. one point as yep. well. Yep. Um, and then he created a tulpa of Diane? Or do you think Diane has always been involved in the lodge and created her own tulpa? No, I think she was she was trapped. I don't think she was there by choice. The tulpa was trapped. So well, Diane was trapped in the lodge while a tulpa was created. How did she uh, get there? 
I think, I think she went looking. Oh, okay. I felt like, like she maybe went looking I think that, for Cooper. That night when Cooper us. showed up, mm-hmm. we got a partial truth, like exactly what yeah. happened with that. Like he may have raped her, but like that whole thing was. I, I feel like he was. She there. still may only be remembering little parts of whatever happened. But because if you think about it, like Dirty Coop would need to get her out of the situation if she did have the knowledge that one would think that she yeah. had. You know, yeah, that might have been the whole purpose of it is just to trap her in the lodge. I, I don't know exactly what... So maybe she couldn't help Cooper later something. or something like that. I do think that... Um, I, I'm I'm going to brag on my own thoughts here because as soon as she said, I'm in the sheriff's uh, sheriff's station, uh-huh. I thought she's the lady with the, with the eyes. Even if it's not directly her, right. I was like, that lady has still some connection to Diane, even if it's Diane in the lodge and this lady yeah. is somehow it was either connected to her, her or, or something. Wrong. And I remember seeing somebody post something in a, on on a Facebook page and I believe I commented like I think it's it's got I think it has something to do with the lady that's in the sheriff station and somebody was like that's stupid and I was then I wanted to go back and find that post yeah. and be like I told you motherfucker yeah. like that is no stupid <laughs> now bitch well <laughs> it was just stupid I would never go back and actually yeah. like do that but inside I was like mm. I I felt like it could have been the the guy the creepy Creepy oh, guy, the, the, the oil leaker. Yes, the, that guy. Again, that something guy. that people speculated about, yeah. and like that's. Yeah. Not so I'm trying to wonder: Does anybody recall anybody ever reacting to that mimicking drunk other than Chad? Nobody did. Nobody reacted Nobody to him did. other than Chad. Correct. And I think it was just. It might have been to Chad's mind or something. Like I, I don't know because he nobody ever acknowledged that guy. Ever. Other than Chad being nope. pissed off at him. Even like James and mm-hmm. uh, Hand Guy never acknowledged that he was there. And you would think they would get annoyed with him too yeah. when he was sitting there mimicking that lady. Nope. Like, or stop copying so James. He really would want to help him. Yeah. He seems yeah. like he would be a caring sort of gentleman. Yes. And go like, they locked the, the kid up with the hand. Couldn't he have just at any time just went ahead and punched through that game? Well, he's a good kid. He's, he's, good. Good. he's, he's just, just out of doing his time. Because then where do you find he yourself? Got you got to like beat up all the cops now? That's not going to be hard at all. So, okay, so Dirty Coop, we find out, you know, got the, the wrong coordinates. He sets off the whole chain of events with Diane, where we find out she's a tulpa. She draws on the FBI. She gets shot and disappears. And the one time I really did appreciate uh, uh, Tammy Preston's reaction is after they shot her, and she goes, whoa. Like, it felt like that's what I would say, too. Like, yeah. what just whoa. happened? Uh, so I, I did like how she was maybe just as taken aback by it as we were. Um, they are I do, before we start talking about Hutch and Chantel, maybe, <laughs> uh, I want to give a special shout out to the Mitchum brothers because these motherfuckers have grown on me. Yeah, like, yeah they are they're great, great dude. The, everything they do, like when they show up in the hospital and like bring all the finger sandwiches and candy with a great like <laughs> and then he oh, finger, finger sandwiches and then the way oh, we're he, not saying we're not saying that was like my favorite all for you. oh no we're not saying this is yeah. all for you we're and then I like how we like if it wouldn't be a bother yeah. I'd bother you so for polite. tea like we're gonna stock your house I have so to awesome. say that Jim Belushi absolutely redeemed himself yeah. to me with this role uh-huh. for According to Jim. Because, <laughs> yeah. fuck you for that show, man. <laughs> but, but this back in good made graces. me like, yeah, made, made me go, okay. Whoever his brother is, anymore. I really 
enjoyed his de- his deadpan humor, especially during the Hutch and Chantel scene when the insurance guy is opening oh fire. <laughs> and he looks at him, Jim Belushi says, what kind of neighborhood is this? People are really stressed out. Like, that was great. <laughs> oh, so, so good. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, great I was delivery. nervous, honestly, when I saw Jim Belushi in that in that role originally. Uh-huh. I was just like, "Fuck." Well, you didn't gonna, know what to think about this it. This guy's gonna suck at this. Are these guys <laughs> supposed to be funny, or yeah. you just don't know? You don't get a real gauge of what that character, those characters, right. are supposed to be. But uh, that does lead us to. I love the whole Hutch and Chantel scene. First of all, their dialogue in the truck mm-hmm. when Chantel. Chantal is running out of chips and like it's the last bag, Hutch. <laughs> the last bag. Like this is a, the he. This is known that she has to have chips. There's like a box. She, box. Yeah, she she kidding. doesn't even finish a bag and drops it into the box and picks up another half empty bag. So like she just. Is constantly, constantly eating, Cheetos. eating Cheetos and chips. And I, I I love that characterization. And then when then when Tim Roth dares to has the question, <laughs> "Are you on your rag?" and like she's what if I fucking was? It was yeah. Like oh my god, I was dying, <laughs> dying. But then their reaction watching like, the scene the of events unfold at Dougie Jones's house, where you know they're staking out Dougie Jones to kill him. Then the FBI shows up. And just they're like, what the fuck are they what doing a here? Clown car. Yeah, I think no, that and, is. no, the circus. Like, and they never leave. Yeah, they never leave. They they're never sitting there. We should probably go. This yeah. is a bad idea. Now yeah. we should Don't come finish. back a different time. Nope. Yeah, just keep sitting there. And then, uh, then the limo pulls up. The stock truck. <laughs> she knows she's gonna be there a while. She's like, I can't fucking leave. <laughs> oh man, it's just that that whole scene and the the de-evolution of things and them just getting smoked by the Polish accountant. Smoked. Even the FBI doesn't even know what to do. Like they no, stay in their like, car a long time. They didn't really they? do. So let's just, I let's expect let's just wait and see what Holy happens for them to stop the shootout. Like they didn't. Yeah, they no. let him unload like clip after clip and like just yeah. just decimate this van and then come out of their car. But what a great! I have to say that's a great shot when they pull back and that he's just standing there and then there's two cops and uh-huh. just like their shadows and the way that it all looks is just. It's just a great like visual. I, a lot of things about that scene to me were great and also funny. Like whenever the van is just rolling down the street really slow yeah. and like <laughs> hits up onto the curb and like rolls through people's. That's funny to me for some reason. I don't know why. Like it's because it's, it's the gallows humor. Yeah, I can't help it. Okay. Um. um. What else? Really, real quick, is in this episode. Uh, Cooper asks the one-armed man to make another tulpa. Yes, we get of that. Himself so that he can go back to Janie. Which we don't know at the time. You know, they leave it a little bit ambiguous oh, I, as far as I, I mean. Oh I God. assumed that right away. <laughs> I mean, we all, knew we right. all assumed it, but it could have been something else. You know, they didn't really speculate too much. It was just the way that he said goodbye to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After he said goodbye to Janie and little Jim or whatever Sunny his name Jim. is, Sunny Jim. You know, then I was like, okay, that's what his that's what his plan is with that. Yeah. that Especially when he slipped and he said, well, I will, well, Dougie will be back. Right. Um, but what a great scene in that it was so Cooper and like so touching and like honest. Mm-hmm. He, he was just, he got down on their level. He found his place in the casino where there's no distractions. He got down real low with them, looked them all right in the eye and it was very earnest and like honest scene that I, I don't know it was it was good it was touching 
And then basically they head off to Twin Peaks in the limo. I, I do like how uh, the Mitchum brothers basically have a few questions, but <laughs> like, Jim Belushi can't even hear it until he gets his bloody nerves. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Hang on, I want to hear this. Get me my drink. <laughs> and it took a second. It did too. Like, like you had to sit there and wait for it. <laughs> it did too. That's what I just said. It did took a second. And then it, it cuts to, uh, I, in my opinion, one of the better performances of the season. The uh, Edward Lewis Stevenson the Third song. Oh yeah, uh, oh, Eddie yes. Vedder. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He actually did write this song for twi- for the show. Like oh. it's the only show uh, song so far, or that's been on the show that was written specifically for it. Uh, there, you know, like the Nine Inch Nails stuff. Was that it had not, some themes, but was that Nine Inch Nails song not specifically? It was already on an album. It was yeah. already oh, on okay. an EP before oh, okay. this came okay. out. Uh, so. Uh, Laura Dern actually got Eddie Vedder on the show because they're friends yeah. and she proposed it to Lynch and Lynch went to Vedder and gave him some themes and basically this song was written very much for the show. So awesome. I, I don't know. I, I felt it was a very earnest performance and it, it, it was it was good. I, I was surprised because I kind of rolled my eyes whenever I was like, oh, that's Eddie Vedder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not so, a huge... Yeah. yeah. But I'm that not a song was great. Yeah, yeah. Not, but that was, that was a great song. Um, and then Audrey. Then Audrey, right? Okay. Audrey's dance. Okay. Which we got that. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, this too was very vindicating for me because I t- had told Brandon I was like, oh, I'm gonna say like 90% of those Roadhouse things that we've seen were not real. See now, I don't necessarily have that. All of those conversations that. with those people talking about Tina and Billy or Bobby people or people we had no like idea people we had no idea who they were and they were having conversations about people we have no idea who these people are and mm. it talked about the same girl that some fingers guy called on the phone for Audrey to mm-hmm. see where her love was like that girl was talking about those same people in the roadhouse uh, and there were other people as well along the way so that I feel like every roadhouse scene is not every, road, every roadhouse. Not every roadhouse. Okay. Not every roadhouse scene. Just the ones where we're not like a performance or anything like that, but just the ones where there's there's just these random characters that were okay. like, what the fuck does this person have to do with anything? And who are they talking about? Because we've never met these people before, and then we never meet those people. Right. Mm-hmm. So I felt like all of those were in Audrey's head. Okay, I can maybe in whatever state that Audrey may or may not be in, I feel like. Well, that let's before we get to where Audrey is. Yes. I I do want to talk a little bit about the scene itself. Yes. And that. <laughs> I went through a lot of emotions watching this. At first, whenever she first started dancing, I thought, "Awesome, this is a great bit of fan service. Uh-huh. This is really neat. It's kind of confirming that something is weird or off here." And then it kept going, and then she kept dancing, and then she started getting into like interpretive dance uh, where it was like they could have got her a choreographer or something because are you shitting me right now are you shitting me right now it was great it It was was not it it went too long it went too long it it was amazing when it ended it was to the point where I was just about to be just like this is stupid get out Um, but But you like the guy mopping the 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 podcast I do I like that guy but but this one was just like where is this going and her dancing is get out I knew from the moment that they like said this is Audrey's dance or whatever they announced Mm -hmm. in the roadhouse and everybody moves off to the side Uh and is watching her as if like this is a performance. Yeah, she's gonna dance for four minutes. And it's like four minutes. It was wait, and then I was like, this isn't really 
really happening right now because there is no way everybody in the roadhouse mm-hmm. is going to scoot to the side and then somebody comes in and says they want to fight like they're two people are fighting but about. they mention a name that has been mentioned before in those conversations that oh, we've seen with those people hmm. and I don't remember what the name is but they do say like you've been with Mike yeah. and blah blah or whatever and, and then she runs up to Charlie mm-hmm. and says get me out of here and then we flash to her in a white room with a mirror with no makeup staring at herself in the mirror mm-hmm. saying get me out of here and then we never see her again and that's it that's all you get yep that's uh, it. I do think it's telling though that right after that for the end credits you get the same Roadhouse band but like in reverse they're playing Audrey's song backwards which kind of lends a little credence to me to the fact that she might be lodge trapped a little bit especially oh, um I, I don't know. I think there's maybe, something... Maybe she was looking for Cooper because she was pregnant with his kid. I well, mean... You know, she something could have happened at... I mean, obviously, Dirty Coop raped her. Dirty Coop raped Diane and put her in a trappy kind of state. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a precedent that's been set, so... But we, we also never get any confirmation of yeah your name on that. And that's kind of what I love about it. I, it kind of made me mad at first whenever 18 ended and I was like, but what about Audrey? Where is she? Mm-hmm. And then I thought, that's kind of what's fun is because everybody can come up with their yeah. own where is she? And if you're right, you're right. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. And you're never probably, you're and never nobody's gonna ever going to know if they're right or wrong. Like there's, I, I even think whenever this book that Mark Frost puts out, like <coughs> Secret History of Twin Peaks really didn't answer shit. Like, <laughs> and I don't think this last one's going to answer anything at all like I just don't think the answers are ever going to come I, I I think it's even possible that part of the if not some a lot of the return has been purposefully been written to not match with the the history of Twin Peaks I think so yeah. because of all of this dream state shit that mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll, we're going to be talking about a lot here in just a little bit uh, especially with with my own personal synopsis you know at the end like yeah I think I think I think there's definitely some weird stuff going on on purpose. Misinformation. Misinformation. Okay, so that is the end of 16, mm-hmm. um, which was a great episode. I think great that, episode. like, th- these handful of episodes that led up to the finale had just been so good. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems like they've just been really clicking really well. And, and even 17, I felt, was... Um, even though it was out there... It, it was still... It was very fan-satisfying. Like, uh, there was a point, I can't remember what... It, we we rewatched it last night, and there's a certain part where if you would have just ended it, like, at a certain moment in episode 17, mm-hmm. everything would have probably felt pretty resolved. And, like, <clears throat> we wouldn't have got a question, uh, answers to a lot of the big questions, but there was a happy ending in there. It just... That's not how they chose to finish it. So we we gotta try to get through this episode as quickly as possible. Uh, How really, can you say that to this episode? I I mean we we only have so much time when we can't people are gonna quit listening at some point if it's too long. <laughs> but uh, I mean Dirty Coop and Cooper end up in in Twin Peaks and in, well, in their own different modes of transportation. Well, let's talk about how Dirty Coop gets there. So he shows up at what I, I equate to Jack Rabbit's palace where they found Nido in 
the woods. Yes, that's where he ends up because it's the single tree with mm-hmm. the golden pool. Right. Mm-hmm. And he looks up, and the portal happens, and he gets sucked in. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up at that theater with the floating giant, mm-hmm. with the floating fireman, and Major breaks his head floating on one side and his head floating on the other, right? And up on the screen is, well, it was a picture of the woods where he was. Then it flips to Sarah Palmer's house or mm-hmm. the Palmer's house, right? And then there's a moment when the fire fireman like swipes left. He takes his hand and he swipes. And then the movie screen flips to the sheriff's station. And... I wonder, as I watched that scene, you know, I kind of wonder, is it, was it just a fast travel system where the giant was like, I'm just going to send you here instead? But it felt almost to me more like a changing of like a, the hot spot, if you will, for, um, for, for things to go down. Like, because I've, the Palmer house was very much, and I still think is, even up until the end, like a hot spot mm-hmm. of this lodge activity and kind of the, the the crossing of these universes and when he does that it almost feels like he flips all that over to the sheriff station because that it becomes almost a hot spot like but the fireman maybe also now knows that that kid with the hand is at the sheriff station he does he knows that I think he that, plays a part in yeah, all this he, and he has to because I mean he sent him he's, sending, he's like purposely sending everybody there I think the fireman has very much been an architect of a lot of this mm-hmm. uh, in and I, I believe he and Cooper have been working together uh, yeah. on a lot of this. Um, I don't know. I just going back and rewatching it, that whole movement he makes, see, and I didn't the flip of that, the... it, it's it's just odd. It's almost like he's changing something just because the picture flips easily from the the woods to the Palmer house, and he doesn't have any reaction. But then. He makes this gesture that just indicates some sort of change, and it's at that moment. Once that happens, he sends Cooper, who is strangely enough, Dirty Coop is in this like head cage. Yeah, that was weird. He's floating in this head, like, head cage, so he's not as free as Briggs. Mm-hmm. It was just floating, but then that head cage gets shot to the sheriff station, and Dirty Coop ends up basically in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. So they're all. <laughs> portals. I mean, somehow, somehow the, the sheriff's station is a portal. Somehow, yeah. uh, the Palmer house, I mean, of course, we've we've all linked that to that painting. Right. Um, you know, and then of course, the, the entrances to the lodge are, you know, what portals. if uh, What if the sheriff's station became one whenever Bob left Leland? Yeah. Because that event happened there. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so that might have kind of cracked that riff a little bit. Yeah. Um, it, I don't know. It, it kind of makes sense yeah. a little bit, yeah. but yeah, that that whole scene. Uh, I, I just wish I was one of those smart people on the internet that understands these things a lot better. Because <laughs> that's what I was going to kind of get get to earlier is that reading all the theories about this finale mm-hmm. and the subsequent episode that that happens. Uh, <laughs> There's some really smart motherfuckers out there that like really understand these things on a level that I, I'll never. I think I kind of felt like that the sheriff station wasn't really a portal, but that the that they could kind of choose where they wanted to send people that ended up like yeah. Briggs could go anywhere he wanted, time, space, mm-hmm. anything, mm-hmm. and that he could be sent anywhere, and that 
it's the fireman knew that's where he needed to go. So no, you can't go to the Palmer House. We need you to go to the fire right. or the, the sheriff station. But what either mm-hmm. or whatever. Either it's way. still just a cool cool concept that you can just step into this place or be sucked into it and end up someplace completely different. Mm-hmm. So then it really uh, goes into the whole Cooper's now at the sheriff's station. Yes. Right. And first he calls and Dirty Coop's already there. He's talking to Sheriff Truman. Well, but and Dirty Lucy Coop shows answers, up first. Yes. Dirty Coop shows up right. and goes in. He's talking to Andy Sheriff Caesar. Truman and Andy Caesar. Lucy's like, hey, that guy, I know that guy. And then, but then. He asks him if he wants coffee. That's the. Yes. The, that's, and he doesn't take the coffee. Right. And then they're all like, oh, what the fuck? This is and that's whenever the, the uh, okay. Sheriff Truman's demeanor changes. He, he goes from, like, have a seat. Yeah. You want some coffee? And then when he says no, he goes. You can tell even though he's, Cooper. we know he's never met uh-huh. him before, he still knows some things are right because he has that message that he gave to Cole that there's two Coopers. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And he, so he's probably aware of the two Cooper thing. They've been talking about it. He's also probably heard descriptions of this guy. Yeah. And oh, this guy is not who I've been right. told about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, but Lucy yeah. gets the phone call. Lucy does get the phone call. You wonder what Coop tells her. Mm-hmm. I, 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 it seems like pretty proactive of Lucy to just grab a gun and like plan on well, shooting. Well, Brandon has a I, thought on that. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I I would assume that he he probably not knowing that Bad Cooper is already there. Just hey, Lucy, it's Dale Cooper. Like here, yeah, I'm on my way to the sheriff's station. I'm in a car. Like well, but but it seems like. He almost. I'd like to hear what Brandon has to say because I feel like he almost would have had to instruct her to like Joey. go shoot that motherfucker. I think your dog has stinky farts. Oh my god! <laughs> I think I'm glad I'm sitting over here. Yeah. <laughs> he just got us so Ooh. bad, dude. We let you up here with us. I'm glad the microphone can't pick that up. Yeah. Kill our mellovision. Oh listening. my god! So I I, I I I wanted to bag my theory up a little bit, and I kind of struggled to after rewatching. The scene, but I, um, I think what happened with Lucy and shooting Dirty Cooper had to do with uh, when Andy was taken in to uh, meet the fireman and shown the projected images, uh-huh. because we see uh, a glimpse of you know we see the two Coopers, we see, uh, and then we see uh, Andy seemingly place Lucy. Right in front of something, and her she's looking at something. Mm-hmm. And originally, we thought maybe she's having to pick out between the two coops because it right. kind of looks like she's going like left, right, left, right. right with her eyes. But I think this was a message to Andy from the fireman that was put Andy he put Lucy here at this time because you know in that image that he shows her, Andy puts her there, but then he walks away. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't say like stay and stand there with her. So I think. I think that was a symbol of somehow maybe maybe it didn't happen exactly that way when it actually did happen, but somehow Andy knew to let Lucy know. Very important. To, to watch said, ran up, like, very think, important, very important. And I think what this is, and I the more I think about what you said is is I still think that this show is in no way chronological. Even scenes within the same show, like same episode, are chronological. So we don't know if Andy down in. He, like he's already down in the jail yeah. with Chad mm-hmm. and all of them when Lucy is in front mm-hmm. of the door. So However, we still don't know if it could have all not taken place in that order. He could have put Lucy there and later on Lucy says, I know how cell phones work because she sees Coop sitting in that chair mm-hmm. and she just talked to him on the 
phone and she's finally figured out what cell phones mean and then she's like this is like I don't know if she knows too that this is a bad person has Andy told her what needs to happen mm. or like she knows that's not poop and that's she's like I'm that. taking care of this and then I'm like yeah that's right Lucy you are going to take care of this yeah, a little you? bit of both like, I think maybe Andy told her like there's going to be something very important that you have to do and you know Andy knew I think that it wasn't Cooper and so when he runs... He didn't know right away. With the coffee, though. Like, he, he walks away, you know, with the coffee, and that's whenever he... Well... Isn't that when he runs by Lucy's desk? No, wait, 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 very So he, he brings in Cooper. They, he meets the sheriff. They go back into the sheriff's office, and then Andy is standing there in front of Lucy's desk, and he kind of recollects the fireman shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's whenever he starts dashing around and, like, going, very important. Like, you can tell he's act, been activated. So... Yeah. Regardless, we'll never know. He he either tipped her yeah. off, or Cooper tipped her off, or somehow yeah. she she became aware. Well, we always of, talked about her yeah. being a really intuitive sort of character. Mm-hmm. She knows things yeah. about people, and you know, really takes that information to help out the sheriff's uh, you know station. Yeah, and so. and Andy down. I mean, Chad gets his just desserts. I hated that character for the minute. That he stepped onto the okay, screen. Okay, so that guy is slimy. Let's go back to the Chad thing. <laughs> okay. So Chad is the only one that reacts to the drunk. Yes. Why is it so important to Chad that the drunk be asleep before he tries to escape? Because I think. Because maybe maybe I mean maybe, he doesn't seem concerned that James and this kid right. are seeing him escape at all. But I feel like Chad is part of the bad stuff. I mean, he intercepts the letter. He's told to intercept it from Richard Horn. I mean, you think he knows uh, something that's going. He's a dirty cop. Like he's, he's a dirty cop. Tuned into the supernatural. Where, but I think that he is just that stupid. Hmm. Like I gotta wait because that guy's gonna wrap me out. That guy's gonna go. He's escaping. He's escaping because he's repeating everything that's happening. But if you said, didn't say anything, they wouldn't have anything to repeat. I, I don't know. I was just watching that, thinking, well, why is it so important that this guy's asleep? You know, I would be more worried about I think James was- and this kid that are more cognitive and like, hey. This guy's breaking out. That guy just repeats what I say. So if I don't say anything, he's not going to say anything. I got more of just like a a feeling that Chad was relieved that guy was asleep so he would shut the fuck up. No, but he was waiting for that cue to get his key out and like escape. Like that's what he was waiting for. And then when it happened, that's when he just chose to to put the key out. I don't know. I just thought that to me it further validated that they're tied together. Like the drunk guy and Chad or something. Maybe maybe it's somebody he... Go ahead. I just think I think the drunk guy is just uh, a, a manifestation of something in Chad's head, just to show that yeah. Chad's a little fucked up. I mean, you know, it might yeah. just be because it it, it's just weird that nobody else seems to interact with him. But you know, Chad, which I also thought, what a strange layout to have your jail cells right next to your supply closet with all the guns, with the cop lockers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like there's. Shouldn't that be on the other side of things, like towards the cops? Like you got to walk all the way through your cells to get to your guns. Like I don't know, the layout of the cop station to me was a little illogical. Um, but regardless, it made for an interesting uh, showdown uh, where he got to draw the gun on Andy, uh, tell him how much he thinks he sucks, and then Captain Piledriver uh, just drops it on him, drops that door. Which was pretty exciting. Yeah, that great moment. <laughs> I mean, I, it was good stuff. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. And okay, so I want to go back to when Lucy does shoot Dirty Coop. Mm-hmm. We watched it again last night. Dirty Coop has his gun drawn on the sheriff, and there's a muzzle flash. And do you guys see the sheriff's hat? Yeah, it hops bloop, up. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Mm-hmm. It, it hops up like almost like a comic cartoon character thing, but there's no like 
bullet hole in the hat. There's no Gosh, reason why it would do that. Mm -hmm. You should watch it. It's it's it was done on purpose, but you would think that it's because the hat got shot. Like Cooper got shot, so his shot rang didn't hit where it was supposed to, and that's why it caused it. But the next scene, his hat's just fine, mm -hmm. and he doesn't isn't sitting there taking you know. Like, uh, it doesn't seem to be nearly shot in the head. <laughs> it doesn't seem nearly it's shot in the head. Funny. It is. It's just one of those weird moments that I, I you know, it had to have been done on purpose, and then you, you sit there and you question, well, why? why? <laughs> like, why was that done? I'm just watching it again. It's so weird. It's comical. Okay, so. Oh, Joey. Joey. Yeah, this is great. I love that my darts. <laughs> And so then Andy no. brings all the prisoners up. I guess oh, Andy huh. remembers this from the firemen. There's no other logic at play here. Yeah. Like, because, yeah, he Chad gets knocked out, Cooper gets shot, and Andy says, I got to bring everybody upstairs for this final showdown, maybe. I don't know what it is. What was everybody else's opinion of the boxing match between... Bob and oh okay I was gonna say like we should all do our own we'll still do our own synopsis of like a lot of the stuff that we're gonna need especially now because this is when shit starts getting a little yeah so weird. we didn't talk about the fight though because nothing gets too weird until after Bob has been destroyed because the kid with the glove who would have thought that this character that we've been introduced to like did you watch the hat thing? Yeah. How stupid is it, right? So it comes straight yeah. off the, straight off straight the head up. and then right yeah. back down. And then yeah. right back down. It's like the Three Stooges. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's seriously weird. comic relief. Like, yeah. Yeah, and then there's no, like, bullet hole in the hat after. you. you I, I, I would have thought that'd be included, like, some reason why this hat jumps off his head. Just for funnies. It has to be. <laughs> or yeah. somebody messed up somewhere. Nah. David Lynch is just like, make it look like it bounces up. Yeah. That's good. God. <laughs> Coffee. But, uh, again, so Dirty Coop is laying there dead. We have the uh, woodsmen come in and do their, their face rub ritual. Like oh, the, the yeah. blood rub ritual. They massage Bob. Yeah. So, Conceptually, how does that happen? Because remember when Bob got shot, or when Dirty Coop got shot by Ray, they did the same thing, and Bob came out, right? Mm -hmm. Did he, though? Because they never show the ball coming out of Coop. They just show it peeking out in Bob's face, scaring Ray, and uh, then I think they just put it back. I guess they must have, because yeah. that's the only thing that makes sense. Uh, but this time, it comes out, and it was difficult not to laugh yes. a little bit at the whole scene where this orb with Frank Silva's face who, which by the way, today is the anniversary of Frank Silva's death. Um, but anyways, the, I'm going back and watching the second time, I, I accepted it a little bit more, but the, the final final fight, who in their right minds would have picked <laughs> that it would be Freddy. this kid that we've seen two times with a Magical green garden glove boxing a orb of Bob. Which I really thought he was going to have to kill Dirty Coop in some way. I never saw yeah. that. Nobody saw the, the the blob fight. The Bob Ball fight. <laughs> and and there were and, and it also bothered me a little bit whenever Freddy, you have one weapon, sir. It is this glove. Use it. And it's just down by his side. This gigantic evil ball man is about to attack you, and you're going to let him. 
Yeah, he's fine with that. He's just. It was an interesting scene. I like some of the visuals, just in general, really cool. Like where it would show Cooper and the camera was like the flashes and the like. Yeah, yeah, I love that kind of stuff. Um, The fight sequence was like it like happened, and they're like, okay, okay, now it's happening again. Yeah, it happened like three times, and you're just like, oh, okay. Please, and the finality of Bob is really that he just got punched by a garden glove and floated into the air. There you go. You're welcome. You waited 25 years. (laughs) (laughs) Again, it's it's Lynch giving you what you want, but not really what you had in mind. Like, because I'm sure we all this whole time had in our minds the big final battle: Agent Cooper, Dirty Mm -hmm. Coop, Mono and Mono. Like, it's gonna be. The big showdown, and in a way it was, but it really yeah. wasn't. Like, dirt. I mean, Cooper showed up, and Dirty Coop was already on the floor. Like, so that 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 didn't happen. But obviously, now we are entering into weird territory because yeah. So I, I think maybe for this segment, what we should do is kind of go into our synopsises too, and also include. Uh, this last episode because because really what happens from this point on it's so arbitrary we can start stepping on each other's toes and we could be here all night and yeah. I don't have enough hard drive space for an episode that long you know so uh, yeah I mean I, I think that would be good because there's a lot to talk about there is and it's hard to even know where to go with it because it really starts with that moment when Bob is dead mm-hmm. and Cooper looks at NATO or whoever we, you know, we find out it's it's Diane, and they touch hands, and whoo, it flashes to Diane, yeah. and whoo, then Cooper's face is overlaid over the screen, mm-hmm. and shit just changes. Like from this moment on, this shit about to get weird, as if it wasn't already weird having a garden glove blob face off. Yeah, but um, it takes a very dreamlike. Uh, so, but even before that, he gets the key to the room. He does. He gets the key to the room uh, and discovers Diane. So I think we all agree that this is the moment where analysis begins. Um, so I, I'm, I'm up for theories. Uh, where, how do you guys want to tackle this? Because I don't even know where to go. I think just do, do, I mean can we do you want to do like just a quick a quick synopsis point by point synopsis of just the entire what happens in the last episode Yeah the, he, there's Diane there he goes to the basement of the law of the Great Northern well, and uses the key and a door we're going to have to be fast Josh Yeah we're not going to have to be fast but he says some important things whenever he has everybody grouped in the uh, in the police station he says Things are going to be different. I hope to see you all again. Right. Like he's indicating that we something is about, about to reading. change, um, and it felt very much like a curtain. I mean, he refers to curtain call later in the, in the basement of the Great Northern, but the way that everybody was just standing there, like all all the characters laid out in this station, you know, yeah. it, it was just an, it an, was... an interesting moment. It felt very like Wizard of Oz, yeah, a little bit. And you were there, and you were there. Yeah, exactly. Like it, 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 that's what it, it reminded me of. But yes, okay. Sorry, so, I don't mean to. Rush no, you're fine. <laughs> so then they go into the Great Northern basement. Yes. The three of them and the three. It's like the three amigos now. The three amigos, but like it, it even goes beyond Twin Peaks because yes. like the three of them have been working together 
for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's the, the original Blue Rose Task Force. In a lot of ways, it is. And and I think this explains the noises we were hearing with Ashley Judd and yes. and Benjamin Horn. This kind of explains what they were it's, hearing yeah. in a way. I mean, if it doesn't explain it's that, that well, to you, we then, found that out whenever James went into the basement, right? Because he went to that very same door, but we didn't know that it was going to open Yeah, with the key or what have you. But he, I mean, he ends up in the lodge again? What? Yes, he, he goes Through in the, the lodge. Oh, God. Um, how to describe what happens. So he goes into the lodge and basically runs into uh, the one-armed man who repeats the chant from Fire, Fire Walk with me. me. But if you'll notice, his voice is not reversed. Mm-hmm. It's For actually... poor guy gets to speak yeah. normally. Yeah. So he gets to do that, and then basically takes Cooper to Philip Jeffries, right? Yeah, they go to the stairs in the in the oh, place. Yeah, it goes to goes to the Dutchman or to, yeah, yeah. Then goes <laughs> to Philip Jeffries, who helps him go back in time. Is that what everybody else kind of got from that? Let's let's do, that's leave that for synopsis. Okay. So he speaks to Philip Jeffries, who gives him some information and uh, speaks to the tea kettle. And then we flash back to the fire walk with me scenes, which are in black and white. Yes. And we watch essentially the last moments of Laura's life before the killing begins. Because yes. we've always speculated and we'll always have gone back to that moment of why the light at Sparkwood in 21 is so important. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's that moment when she ejects herself from James's bike and goes in the woods to meet Leo and Jacques. It's basically the moment when she marches to her death. Mm-hmm. By making that choice right there, she begins the path towards her death. And so it's always been this poignant moment. And I just loved the flashback to the fact that we're back here again. Mm-hmm. And in Firewalk With Me, she does react to something into the wo- in the woods. And it, and it turns out, in this case, it is Dale Cooper. She ejects from that bike. And then that's the moment where Cooper decides to intercede. Because he understands that that's also really where she's deciding to die. Um, so, do we want to talk about the wig, or are we just going to kind of gloss over? Oh, the, the wig. wig. That poor lady and having to wear that wig. I don't know if it's a wig that they used in the original series and they had saved it. It worked. It, it, it worked. It, it, it worked. But it did work. Yeah, it and they yeah. did it. They did it well enough that you knew what it, who it was and stuff. But they just they kept it dark enough and didn't focus on her face yeah to the yeah point where it, it was yeah it was, it was okay. good good makeup i think it was great yeah mm-hmm. it really good worked lighting. for me and i do think that this is coop with the best of intentions trying to change yeah the past uh it is fun to me that then after this i mean we go back to the original series we do see mm-hmm. Catherine. we get to see pete mm-hmm. and we have to see josie but that's beside the point um uh and and just the fact that then he goes out to go fishing and Laura Palmer's body's not there and and that was where she <laughs> thinks it should end. So like the scene right there, that's where it ends yeah. for me right yeah. there. Pete, right right there when Pete's cast the line. Yeah, he has fallen asleep uh, upon the fishing wheel yeah. and that Pete is that would have been amazing. And two <laughs> weeks from that point on is Pete Martell's catnap dream. Mm-hmm. Like that's. That's how it ends in my mind. So the rest of you can well, and, and <laughs> carry on with it, your theories. If they would have stopped the episode kidding. right there, it would have been a happy ending because you would have got Coop rescuing Laura Palmer. Like, 
it, everything yep. seems to be going okay. I'm going to yep. take you home. Yeah. Everything's been reversed. There's your happy ending. But mm-hmm. th- that's not the happy ending because then it cuts to Sarah Palmer. Or you hear Mother or Sarah Palmer just moaning and screaming in the background. Uh, and then she enters into her living room and breaks the picture of Laura, but the did glass you, breaks, the frame did breaks. Did you guys notice the glass, though? Like, each time she hit it, the glass would move and then move back to the same position that it was in before she would Well, they were. It, they, it was a film thing they were doing because it the was picture... Kind of the, the time yeah. that happens in the Palmer house these days. But like she was it, stabbing yeah. that thing with glass, and the picture never cuts or rips or anything. Like, the picture remains intact. Even though the glass and the frame and everything breaks... It's not that hard to cut a photograph with a shard of glass, and but that picture does not. Is it symbolic of the fact that Mother could never uh-huh. kill Laura Palmer? Yeah. Now, yeah. or whatever. Happened. Well, but depends on what theory you're going to go with. But anyways, um, <laughs> we won't get. We're, we're we're touching. We're just t- touching the tops here. Uh, so but, they're but in then, the woods. They're in the woods, and Cooper continues to try to take Laura. Turns his back, and she disappears. First, we hear the the sound from episode one. <laughs> yeah, listen to the sounds. That scratching kind of uh, right before she disappears. What, you do the hear that. What do you guys think the sound is? Because I've heard lots of people's, you know, read lots of folks' theories over the internet over the you know course of the eighteen episodes, and I think what I don't know the the weird frog locust. Mm-hmm. Like that may be what the sound is. Like, and Cooper's supposed to remember that because, you know. Um, and of course, there's no way for Cooper to know that, but um, that's the the sound of the manifestation of the evil, like you know. So or, uh, you hear that sound, and then Laura disappears, screaming. And to me, it, 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 I feel like it almost circles back to, and it is also maybe even symbolic of like a record skip in that you can't change the past, you can't fix things by just doing what he's trying to do here and like it was an erasure and like I almost think that it was the fireman interceding and like no you can't just do that like you can't just fix it like that I I don't know I I believe that the fireman did not let Cooper do what he wanted to do Um, I don't necessarily think the fireman or the one-armed man were always uh, trying to help Cooper, per se. good or evil. Yeah, Yeah. I don't think that they were always pointing him on the proper path or... uh, Anyways, things didn't quite go to plan. Um, We then do cut to the last Roadhouse performance, which is Julie Cruz singing As the World Turns, I think is what the the song is called. Um... I thought she kind of got a short stick here. Um, I definitely I don't. think so. You don't? Nope. I have a differing opinion than like everybody else on this. Okay. I, the, and I know this is going to sound maybe not sound, I don't know, very nice. I don't know. But like how upset can you really get when nobody knew who you were before Twin Peaks? And then here you're getting to be the last performance. And I get the credits rolled over her that is kind of like... But she got like maybe 45 seconds she did, time. It, like it was just like thematically and like... 
but I feel like it's the same with a lot of other little things that we see. Here's a little throwback to the original. Here's a little throwback to the original. Yeah. Here's a little throwback to the original. Okay, here's a little throwback but to the original. But she was that whole message. She was a like, musically a large back, part you know. of the original, and it was her song that's the theme of this show. True. So for for her return, I just felt like it was not given the proper weight that it should have. Like, it was just a really cursory, like, here she is, she's singing, and roll the credits. We Where there have been other artists that have played so at the Roadhouse that... Played an entire song. They played an entire song. They got multiple shots. They kind of, like, were given, like, a, a feel, you know? And she... I just don't... Yeah. At, at first, whenever she... Because if you don't know, to those listening, Julie Cruz expressed some dissatisfaction with her appearance uh as soon as it happened she was on social media just basically expressing her dissatisfaction with it and at first i was kind of like you like what are you talking about you were great you sang your song and it's over but when we rewatched it i thought and she just really was not given a fair shake especially because she was kind of their prodigy angelo and david they like brought her up they like I, i'm sure she felt very much a part of so much of this and then when that was all that you were you're given I don't know I I, I, would have, I understood where she was coming from a little bit more I would have felt slighted as well I think yep. yeah so I'm I can understand but I mean yeah I don't know I don't know I but guess I can kind of see it where you're coming kind of from a, a little bit I mean like, but I compared to every other performance through the rest of the season hers is just not given much much ado at all and I, I just I don't think that was necessarily fair but who am I to say um, so then we we're going to go into episode 18 which if we just want to summarize real quickly to yes. get to the theories basically the I, first five minutes of it are a repeat of the last five minutes of 17 and then we have who we find out is Richard and Linda which is I mean who comes out of the lodge there's Doc, Diane standing there for some reason they go on the longest well, ride ever now okay so this is it's going to be an impossible episode to just gloss over it really is because important things happen like whenever we see some of these things at the beginning that are re repeated there's a slight variation to some of them now we see the, the thing in the woods basically repeated ver verbatim where mm -hmm. Laura disappears we don't stay on that stagnant shot of the woods as long but whenever he goes back into the Black Lodge and he has that conversation with the arm if you'll notice it's very it's a little different he says something like do you really think this is the story about the little girl do that down the lane do you and which is the same thing that Audrey said to Charlie, which then leads into maybe she is in. She's tra she's sort. lodging trapped somehow or, or some way, yeah. but I do think that it's hinting to the bigger picture here that it's not about Cooper saving Laura. It's about Judy and like the the bigger p mm -hmm. evil picture here, which is kind of a precursor to the plan that they're trying to hatch, which is not a plan to save Laura per se, but it is a plan to stop Judy, I think, utilizing these the, the pawns of Laura or whatever it might be. So anyways, you can't just gloss over some of that stuff. Um, <laughs> yes, just, I can. You, well, you can. Uh, I just but, Yes, I can. Um, but really, they go on the longest car ride ever. They end up at a motel. Um, they, or they end up at the uh, in the street. He said this is the spot. 430 miles away. There's some hesitation. She doesn't want him to do it. Uh, oh, okay, let's just not even talk about the details of, of no, the scene so much. Like, what do you guys think is going on here? 
because I mean it's weird that she sees another one of herself whenever she's sitting there in the car um, I found it strange that when he goes in to check in at this motel he goes completely behind a bush you don't see what happens with him and I know that that may be absolutely nothing but I found it very odd that she sees another one of herself but we're not seeing what's happening with him and him checking in what if there's another one of himself there what if they all swap around who knows mm-hmm. but go ahead Brandon I've got a theory, but it's going to go for a few minutes, so uh, be prepared. So. Yeah, no, because, yeah, I, I, uh, but I think maybe we should finish some, at least summarizing like the the, point, the, the things that happened because okay, it's so, going to involve all. So of the awesome sex scene. They well, they cross the mile marker. They they make the decision to go for it. They mm-hmm. they drive past it. They get to this single story motel in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. She sees herself while they're checking in. They check into the room and have a very awkward sex. Yes. If, if, That's all we need to say about okay, it. It's, it's just, just awkward and weird and But there's there's a lot of detail going on in that that depending on what theory you want to go with is important. Right. But the gener- the 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 general idea is they have sex. <laughs> he wakes up in the morning they the in the, the inside of the hotel is the same. But there's a note that she's leaving. She refers to him as Richard and herself as Linda. So it's interesting that all the clues that the giant gave us in episode one are referring to this episode. Mm-hmm. 4.30, Richard and Linda, two birds, one stone. Mm-hmm. It's all happening right now. Uh, so anyways, he wakes up and then exits the hotel. Seems aware that it's now a different Hotel. It's two stories. Seems to be a little bit more tropical looking. Has palm trees. His car is completely different. It went from an older model to like a newer model Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Uh, they he begins to drive. He's in Odessa, Texas now. Drives past a restaurant called Judy's. Enters Judy's. Kicks some ass. Kicks some cowboys ass. Fry some fries some guns. Yes, fry some Gets the guns. address for the other waitress yes. that we're looking for. Um, I feel it's very dangerous to put guns in a fryer. I don't know much about guns, but that seems like a bad be. idea. Yes. Heat on bullets seems like a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Coop is just being uncoop-like. He's very uncoop-like. Yeah. Just everything about his mannerisms. There's some coop in there. Yeah. But not bad coop. But not. It's, but there's some bad coop in there, too, it felt yeah. like. Yeah. So it's, we're a little confused. Especially the way he, yep. he manages the, the firearm and... Yeah, just freely just around. It, yeah. Because what did, you, what did you say? You thought, or was it Josh that said you felt that Coop would have like unarmed the guns? He would have taken the bullets out of the guns yeah. Yeah. and yeah. and set it aside, mm-hmm. or told the girl to go do something with the bullets mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, like the real Coop would have. Yeah, he wouldn't have. It, it, yeah, it just didn't seem quite like Cooper, and I don't think he is. No, especially Agent Dale Cooper person so much. But he then follows the address to the outskirts of mm-hmm. town to this shitty house uh, where he finds Carrie Page. Carrie Page. A.K.A. Laura Palmer. Well, she said, you know, she says she, she's not. He believes that she is. So there's this obvious confusion where, but she's also willing to go with him yes. because she's, she's tied him up in some trouble. She's in some trouble. And also more signs here that we're not <laughs> dealing with. Trouble being a... A guy that's oh. killed himself or been shot on her couch. Or is, she is shot him. Been there for a while because he's got some rigor mortis. There's also the white horse up on her mantle. Yeah. Uh, a totem of sorts. Uh, she is willing to go with him because she feels like exiting town with an FBI it's agent is probably going to be, be helpful. Idea. But it's telling that he is non-reactive to anything he's seen. In her, in her house. Which... 
Like, to me, I, Leeds to creeps. Be a, if yeah. it was a real FBI agent and he sees his dead guy on the chair, she's not going to go with him. He's going to be arresting her. Yeah, I think that it's further credence to the theory that this is like a pocket dimension and he knows it's not necessarily reality. Like, it, it's, I, I think a construct created to trap Judy in this like alternate scenario with these players and so I, I don't know. That, we'll, we'll get there. Get. But um, another extended car ride that seems incredibly long. Probably again. even longer than the first one. This okay. one's really long. Like the first one I, I understood because especially upon rewatch you can understand some of the tension between him and Diane and the mm-hmm. way she's looking at him like because they're, they're obviously having to, about to experience something but this one god damn it they drive forever, mm-hmm. and there's very much silence. And they're the driving whole... from Texas to Washington. Yeah. I mean, that's a long-ass drive. It, it is a long drive, and Jeez. we have to sit there and watch the taillights, and we wonder what's going on. Uh, yeah, for a long time. But they end up at the Palmer house. They do. They're the... going to walk to the front door, and... This is going to be the moment this where is... Laura's going to meet and Carrie, and like, everything's going to In my unlocked. mind, I was thinking, here we are, Laura Palmer's going to face off against Judy, and this is the real big finale yeah. that we were looking for. We just saw Bob get killed. <laughs> Dirty Coop is gone. Now, this is... That was in my mind, personally. Like, we're going to really see Judy mm-hmm. and what she has to offer and this girl's going to click out of being Carrie Page and right. she's going to become some sort of entity as well because every time we see pictures of Laura Palmer she's an angel so to speak like there's mm-hmm. always angels around her she's glowing like whatever but they go to the door and it is not the Palmer house it's not anymore. it is uh, Mrs. Chalfont or Tremont Tremont and they bought it for Mrs. Chalfont yes previously she's talking to the secret man behind the door her husband. I'm assuming or it's her maybe husband. her husband, or maybe she's doing like a Anthony Perkins psycho mm-hmm. thing where it's like, yeah, she's like, pretending. She's like pretending. She's there. doing the voice pull. Well, I I think it's, we all probably know this, but does everybody know who that lady is? Mm-hmm. Well, I do now because you told me the other day. But yep. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. Uh, she the is the owner, owner of the house. Uh, like, like a little real life interceding. It's just pretty cool. I believe I read somebody say something that, um, and I I don't know if this is true or not because it wasn't David Lynch himself, but I guess he met the owner of the house and he was sitting and they were talking about something and then he just kept looking over at her and looking over at her and then he was like, I want her to play that part. Like she, that wasn't his original plan to go in and have the owner of the house play this part. But as they were, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's that seems the way the internet says. So it works for me, right? Um, and and then the 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 final moments to where we hear Sarah Palmer say. Well, first Cooper says, "What, what? year is this?" So it it leads a little like he's, he seems uncertain, and then yes, we hear Sarah Palmer say, "Laura from the pilot." Yes. They, that's the audio from the pilot. Waking uh, up her daughter. Wait, trying to wake up her daughter when she's not there. And then she lets out her Laura Palmer scream. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the, what happens after that is probably the most important thing is that all the lights in the house flash out. Like mm-hmm. something physically happens to the house before the screen fades to black. So that scream, that moment of realization from Carrie, or like does she remember? Who knows? But Or does she realize I, maybe that she's in fact Laura Palmer and doomed to do that's it what I'm all thinking. over like, again some, until somehow that moment it happens properly, like until it triggers happens. It. right. Yeah. Okay. We we squish all through it. Okay, Brandon, go. 
All right. Well, I've, I've got a lot, and I'm gonna let my brain just take control of my mouth. So just <laughs> let it go, and don't derail me, because if it, if I derail, I probably can't get back on. Okay, so I'm not gonna say anything. So a lot has happened. <laughs> I'm listening. Uh, but basically, what I think the 18th episode comes down to is. Uh, well, I mean, I've had a lot of time to think about this, and you, and you kind of got to think about what the whole show started as, which originally it was just a whodunit of who killed Laura Palmer, and then all of a sudden we get this introduction to a supernatural force such as the Lodge. So, uh, you know, I've been sitting, I've been sitting a lot and thinking and reading a lot into like the Lodge stuff, and so here's what I think is happening and what the 18th episode symbolizes, which I think has always been kind of going on, but. Um, this was just a way to maybe wrap this up, but so when a soul enters, when a soul dies, when a person dies, their soul is supposed to go through the Black Lodge first. In the Black Lodge, their soul is tried for, to, for true courage. If you show true courage, then you can pass on into the White Lodge uh, to where the, it's heaven, basically. Um, and but the thing is, is when you're talking about lodges, they operate outside of time, which means they also can operate outside of just reality. Uh, this reality doesn't have to be the same reality to them and, and so on and so forth. So basically, there's this infinite loop of where your soul goes when you die. It, it, it basically, it'll go to the Black Lodge, and if you pass, you go to the White Lodge. If you don't pass, you just you go in this infinite loop. Uh, like purgatory, you know, like your soul is just constantly looping through until it finally discovers true courage. The problem is that Laura died with the sudden realization that her father had been raping her and abusing her, um, and she took that with her when she died. So when we see Laura in the lodges talking to Cooper, that's her basically like, I'm kind of stuck here, um, and I can't figure out how to get to the next place this is where Cooper comes in. Cooper has been designed from the beginning to not just solve Laura's murder, but also, as we see later in 18, he's now the, the person who can manipulate the Lodge and transcend realities, because we talk about dreams, but when more so we're talking about like just perceived realities. And when Coop goes with uh, Philip Gerard, uh, at the end of this episode, at the very end, to uh, talk to Philip Jeffries, Philip Jeffries puts out uh, an infinity symbol. It looks like an eight because it's on its side, but it's the infinity symbol, and there's a dot on it. And Philip Jeffries takes the dot and moves it around. What I believe is he, it, what he, I, he is symbolizing here, I think, is the infinite infinity symbol is the pathway of the soul between the lodges, and that dot is where Laura's soul is or Laura's existence. So he, he, what he basically said was, Laura is, Carrie Page didn't say it, but he said, here's where you can find Laura. So Cooper then uh, entered into, because it's, it's at the end of the 17th episode where she gets weird at 2.53 p.m. And it's also where he meets NATO, who also then becomes Diane. I don't even know if Diane actually might have existed. Like, I, I think, because it was always Cooper and Diane from the beginning, but we never saw Diane. So it's weird that we just now have Diane in this in this return and it enters this weird dream state. So I think Diane and Cooper have always been this thing in one way or another. Um, but when they go into the room uh, in the Great Northern, and then all of a sudden they're in their car, you know, and they're in the four they're at the four three zero mark. Like what Cooper has done is jumped realities, and he's and he did he did try to change time. 
But that's when he learned the harsh lesson of you can't. Because the Black Lodge, a.k.a. the clicking noise, when you heard uh, mm-hmm. her disappear, said, no, it doesn't work that way. And so Coop goes, okay, back to the lodge. And he comes out in Twin Peaks uh, with, with Diane, and they, they try again. But instead of going back in time to try to intervene with time, they jump dimensions, essentially. And in doing so, they become Richard and Linda. Um, and and I think they've done this before. Uh, and, and the reason why Diane leaves, or AKA Linda leaves, is because she just can't do it anymore. She's seen all the different coops and not coops. Uh, she, she still has remember, uh, memories of being raped by Dirty Coop, so that's why when Richard is acting like Dirty Coop in the hotel, like, now you get over here and do me, um, and he's just sitting there making that face at her while she's, like, riding on top of him, and she has to cover it up. It's because she's seeing bad Coop. She's remembering, she's seeing all these different realities that have existed in different dimensions, and she's like, I can't do this anymore. Um, and I think another version of herself is what she saw outside the hotel before this all happened and and that was like okay this is i can't do this you know like all the diane's we need to just stop and then linda's it's it's just we can't do this anymore so essentially what we see is that coop is the, the, all the end to me symbolizes because I, th- I i think it's classic lynch stuff i think he threw a lot out of us at us and we think we overthought a lot of it mm-hmm. and i think the truth is is just a symbol that um Coop is always supposed to save Laura in some way or another, and he basically he will travel to any endless dimension and become anybody to try and find her again and try to help her come to the realization that, yeah, it's okay. You were raped, you were abused. Um, you need to be brave and you need to be strong now so that you can get the fuck out of this Black Lodge loop and get into the White Lodge. So hmm. I, don't, I, I, think it was, I think it was a good way to close everything. Um, because it left a lot of things open, you know, uh, but at the same time it closed some stuff. And uh, I think it was just a way for Lynch of, of symbolically saying, like, Diane and Cooper are, were, have always been a team in one way or another, and it's always been them trying to help Laura. And it got a little weird just for the sake of it, but uh, I think that's really all it's been. And uh, so that's that's kind of my theory on it. There's 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 that loop with the lodges, um, you know, and and that, that explain to me that explains a lot about why Cooper was not himself uh, during like after the sequence. You know, he's putting guns in the fryer. Mm-hmm. He's holding the gun out while he's walking around. He's kind of acting like he's, it's. It, it, he's he's just jumping dimensions, essentially continuing to try and save Laura. Mm-hmm. He got the Twin Peaks back together. He's like, this was great. I sure hope we can do this again. Mm-hmm. But I got this weird shit to do. Blue Rose, don't worry about it. Do you think he says that in? Sorry. What? Do you think he says that in Twin Peaks because he knows he's gonna have to jump to other dimensions? Yes. He doesn't. No, it, it's very. That. It felt very much yeah. like a goodbye. He, like, he, he knows yeah. it. Like I think spending twenty five years in the lodge was like he essentially become a, became an agent of the lodge, mm-hmm. you know, that wasn't... Because he is special agent of the lodge. So, mm-hmm. speaking to what you, I read an article, or, or Laura Dern did an interview, and I snagged part of it, so I'm using her words. These, This is what she said. Are you... I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Am I overstepping your... I don't think so. I'm trying to think if I missed anything, because I just kind of spit out some bullets, but... <laughs> uh, no, uh... Did I miss anything? No, I think you. I don't think so. I think you. Yeah. 
So, oh crap. Um, she says in this interview, um, she was asked about the scene where Diane sees another version of herself, and she says um, that she believes Lynch was trying to show that Diane was somewhat aware of the new timeline she is in, a place where she could recognize the new Cooper, a.k.a. Richard, was now a version with elements of both the Cooper she fell in love with and his villainous doppelganger. Mm -hmm. She said, I love the idea or it felt to me that what had evolved Diane was the awareness that there were other sides of Cooper and not knowing what would be on the other side following him and letting herself love him uh, or following him on this journey and that she didn't know which side of him she would get which I think plays into your your the whole sex scene too is she didn't know what side of him she was going to get and I think it is very true of any love story that there was something meta and very beautiful and um, to leave would leave me alone in the car not knowing who I was so it's like the Diane in the car doesn't even know who she is at mm-hmm. that moment because they've jumped over cross that line. they've crossed that line and I thought that was that was pretty interesting to have somebody who uh, and and it seemed from the interview that I read that she was still kind of like I, I'm not even sure if what I'm thinking is correct because I was only given um, so much yeah. but and letting herself love him and following him on the journey and that she didn't know which side of him she'd get I think is very true of any love story I thought there was something meta and very beautiful and he would leave me alone in the car not knowing who I was but yet, seeing a whole other side of myself looking back. I thought that was kind of cool. It's like we all have many sides. Mm-hmm. Which, anyway. I've just never seen myself look at myself from a motel. From the mirror? <laughs> but I think it, it makes sense with what... Well, do you have any like what? any larger theories you want to throw out? Or like what... Let's, let's talk about... Whatever you want to talk. I mean... Everybody else can go ahead. I I have not taken the time to think about really you anything. May, you may never decide what it's supposed mm-hmm. to be, you know? And I think I think that's part of it. Because I know that, I know that there was a theory that I read um, about it being a dream from mm-hmm. the moment that Cooper's face becomes superimposed mm-hmm. over... 253. Yeah, yeah, that made perfect sense to me. That yeah. whole theory, and I don't know it, and I don't know it word for word, but that, the woman that no. wrote that, I was just like, she that makes great perfect yeah, sense it, to it, me. It was very Absolutely logical. perfect I thought sense a lot of that myself. Like, I mean, and even from, what was at episode three or four of the return where Cooper first goes into the the White Lodge and, you know, finds NATO there and, you know, whenever all that stuff happened, I mean, you guys remember, like, me saying, like, I'm pretty sure all of this shit's in Coop's head and you guys are like, no way, no way, it can't be that. Like, it can't be that. Um, Yeah, but I, I felt like a lot of it was, you know, told the way that a dream would happen and a lot of the characters, um, you know, that we all call throwaway characters that never have their stories yeah. completed. That you're like, I had a dream um, and I was in this mm-hmm. house and I don't exactly. recognize the house, but I exactly. knew it was my grandma's yeah. house and there was this weird lady there. Who was, was this person that I know, but it wasn't her. It was like this weird yeah. version of her. Yeah. And the, and the whole, like, it being kind of 
But I feel like, like a lot of those characters were kind of social commentaries. I feel like, uh, you know, um, and I like I was telling Josh the other day, like, well, what was one one nine story? You know, and it was just kind of like who all of us could be if you know we allowed that darker side of us to take over. Like we all have so many, you know, sides, but she was just another, you know doppelganger if you will in a sense that we all have that doppelganger inside of us like you know we all have that dark side it just wants to do pills and jack all day (laughs) yeah let our kids eat saltines straight out of the box yeah yeah why not yeah i do i do keep thinking about what brandon said and if it's if the law just like a purgatory thing what if it's not for Coop to be able to really save Laura but to get her to the right part of the lodge I think that's what you're, that's what you're saying like right? you're not yeah, save he's, life. he's supposed yeah. to help her cross over to get her out of the perpetual infinite loop of the black lodge so that he can get her to where she needs to be and accept her fate and, and with, with, with yeah. you know, true bravery. Okay. Not to save her life per se. That's done. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's yeah. That's why the that's why that infinite symbol yeah. is just like that's so it's so I just find that so uh, such a weird but, symbol, but it kind of makes sense. It's like Laura mm-hmm. just keeps going. Here. And she's her. here. Yeah. She's find her here. Yeah. Okay. She's, she's in this part of infinite infinity. I do find it odd that Coop thought that he could save her from if this is like the thought process behind him that he thought he could save her by just taking her off. Bob is still in her dad, so even if Bob doesn't get her that night, he's still going to continue to rape her. He is, and but like eventually, he still wants to murder her. Unless Coop Bob thought didn't he want, could. Bob didn't want to murder Laura. No, he wanted Bob, to be. He wanted, to, he be wanted to be Laura. He wanted. He didn't want to kill her, but Laura didn't let him in, so he had. I mean. The, and if I can't he, have what I want, then I'm going to get rid of it. And he got that way, that murderous way, because he saw her with Jacques Renault, and, and like so, that was a cataclysmic event for the, her murder. Like she, yes, she would have probably continued to be raped, and like life wouldn't have been great. But that was the the moment she, you know, when she crossed over to be murdered. Okay, so because I always thought it like, well, eventually he's still going to want to be her. Yeah, and she's still not going to let him. So eventually, he's still gonna want to murder. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it, he he didn't save her from trauma. Uh, by he was just trying to save her from being murdered, or at least murdered in the fashion she was. Yeah, and he might even just been trying to get her ready to accept her fate too. Yeah. you know, like you're gonna die, and you've been getting raped. You need to be strong because if you because when you die, you're gonna get fucking trapped forever. I know? even have a different take on it. But before I go into this theory, I do want to talk about how we reacted when we watched this these episodes because we watched the first three episodes or three or four episodes together. Uh-huh. Then we watched them all separately, and then we decided to watch these last two together and. After 18 was over, no exaggeration, all four of us sat in this room <laughs> for 20 to 30 minutes, yeah. and all we could say was, What the fuck? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. There was no yeah, like, conversation. There was no dialogue. There was just a lot of us going like, <laughs> You're twitching a little. Wow. Yeah, we were, we were all wow. dumbfounded and just yeah. like, ah. I do have to say, speaking of episodes, episode 16 is the only episode of this season of Twin Peaks where within 20 minutes I was rewatching the episode. Oh, like, yeah, I yeah. wanted to rewatch it that way. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, it was like I had to rewatch that one. There were a lot of them that I wish that we had more time to just like a book. You know, as yeah. soon as it's over, you just open it up again. Like that's a lot of a lot of that. I I'm really. To do. I, I'm gonna stay away from this show until it's released on Blu-ray. Uh, you know, and probably, return. Yeah, I'll yeah, probably buy it on Blu-ray idea. and then like absorb it all again and let some time pass and so we'll get watch some deleted scenes. Yeah, yeah kind of, kind of like just try to let the let the the hive solve a few more mysteries and stuff. So, for me, theory wise, and I won't talk too long. I, I like two of them. I like the dream theory where essentially right at that moment 253 when the clock kind of stutters mm-hmm. and it can't quite move and we see the overlay of the face that that really does begin a dream sequence for Cooper and everything from that point really does move very dreamlike uh, everything that happens from him going to see Philip Jeffries and then suddenly we're in Odessa and very much like a dream things jump from place to place and logic seems to be lost like suddenly he's okay so you're going to judy's restaurant like why yeah. why do you know right? these things like you know it, it's very and the hotel changing yeah the, the, it feels very dreamlike right mm-hmm. just everything about it just takes on that 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 way the, the, all the way to the very end so like it might be cooper processing things i i think that there's a few keys that lead towards that being a decent theory one we were previously given the information of you know the, about the dreamer like we're all the dreamer i can't remember what the quote was but mark uh, that one shit gave it to, to lynch <laughs> got him blanking uh but then right also whenever cooper's face is overlaid that face doesn't say anything for a long time until it says we're all living inside of a dream i don't know it, it I feel like that was done very purposefully. Like that moment when his face goes over the screen, it's there for a reason. It's mm-hmm. it's a very marker point. So I love that theory mm-hmm. because if season four were to pick up or happen, it could easily start at two fifty three p.m. in the sheriff station and everybody's all standing around. Yep. Like that could be the marker where it starts, and we would be no worse for the wear. Yeah. We would have some more information about what happens. On the whole Odessa side of things, but the theory I like the most, and in no way am I going to try to take credit for this. This came from Jeff Jensen, who is a writer from Entertainment Weekly, and I will do a piss poor job summarizing it. But I highly recommend reading it. It's like a ten-page long exposition about this shit. Holy crap! <laughs> um, but it really leads to the theory that. Laura was actually the one driving a lot of this plan uh, and everything that happened at the end was very much Laura's and Cooper's and the firemen's working together because the original plan of okay I mean the bottom line is that Bob was a denzine of the red of the red room in the Black Lodge, and he was being sent into the red world to collect Garmin Bosia, pain and suffering. And his job was to bring it back and share it with the rest of the people in the Black Lodge. Like mm-hmm. that's hinted on in Firewalk with me. Bob didn't want to share, so Bob came up with this whole doppelganger idea. He can send somebody out into the world. And he doesn't have to keep returning this pain and sorrow back. Uh, the original plan to retrieve that doppelganger failed. And if you remember whenever that failed and the whole Dougie Jones thing and Dirty Coop didn't go in the lodge, what did he puke up? Garmin Bosia. Garmin Bosia. Yeah. And the oil. Like, all the things that he'd been collecting. Like, yeah. he just barfs it up, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, 
they start have to hatch a new plan. So at the very beginning of the episode of the show, whenever you see Laura whispering into Cooper's ear and his reaction to thing, I think that she is basically telling him the plan of what's going to have to happen. You know, like that he's not going to return back. Uh, we're going to have to break this cycle and we're going to have to go after Judy and this is how we're going to have to do it. I, I feel like, again, I am poorly summarizing this and, and there's a lot more to back it up than what I'm providing you. But uh, it does lead some interesting credence to the whole series being this dreamlike state. It, I don't know. It, it takes everything from all these theories and kind of makes them all work together in a cohesive unit. And some of the things that we've heard, like Laura is the one, and we hear a lot of things that didn't always necessarily tie into something concrete. Like, I don't know. They just hit a, a lot of good marks. That's about all I got. I wish I'm blanking on my, my brain right now. <laughs> but it's a great theory and, and one that I, I very much like because it, it, it clicks a lot of things into place as far as the motivations behind what's going on and essentially Laura telling Cooper we're going to have to disrupt things so that we can create this pocket dimension to, to trap Judy. So that was the whole Odessa, Texas thing. And like it's a, it's a variation of the story with the same players in different places and different names. Yeah, I don't know how to explain. Well, we we both had a lot. Uh, we both come have, have thought about a lot of different things because a week ago we were we were talking about completely different yeah. theories. Like we were talking about how Coop went back in time, and when you go back in time and alter time, you thus alter reality. Mm-hmm. So he changed himself into Richard and Judy. It wasn't like dimension jumping right. or anything. We just thought it was a weird, uh, you know, Rick and Morty time travel goof, you know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I, you know, I don't. We both, I think, agree that that's really not the case. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it is. Uh, Do you think Judy is actually the little-eared, uh, Bob-spewing entity that? we saw in the box and in episode eight, or do you think Judy might be more of a, because uh, some of the theories about Judy were that Judy might have been, like kind of tied with my theory, Judy wasn't necessarily a person, uh, but more so possibly a representation of just the sheer reality of Laura's suffering. Well, it could also be that in the, in the gr- grand- the real entity, like the, the Bob Puker and the kid killer. The- okay, so, Please read more details about this, but the scope of things, and if this all is a dream and we're in the mind of the dreamer and if Cooper is the dreamer and this whole thing has been a concoction of that, maybe it's just the dreamer's representation of evil. Cooper would have been a baby boomer, so for him, the atom bomb would have very much had that symbolism. And, you know, so it depends on how wide you want to send that net out, you know, because... Sarah Palmer herself could have been Judy. Exactly. like The The whole time. The whole time she could have been Judy. But maybe, and maybe Bob has been feeding Judy drugs because he didn't want to go back to the lodge and return the pain and suffering. And Judy's like, but that's what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And he's like, here, take some of these drugs. I'm going to go ahead and get some more pain and suffering from Laura. I'm I'm going to go now. I'm just going to go on a spontaneous thing here because my brain just kind of exploded a little bit. <laughs> what if that bug that we saw hatch out of the egg in episode eight wasn't a baby Bob? Because I think a lot of people think it was a baby Bob right. of some kind. Maybe that was actually Judy 
be coming to Earth, and maybe that girl, little girl that moves mouth when it actually was Laura Palmer or Sarah Palmer. Sarah Palmer, or it very well could have been, because then that that would lead to the whole Judy's been in Sarah this whole time, and that's why they got Bob into she was able to uh-huh. help get Bob into Leland. Well, I definitely think that the Palmer house itself has some sort of a hot spot aspect yeah. to it, you know, and, and that would either you know feed into that. Well, even in episode eighteen, whenever they're talking to the owner of the house, I just thought. She's not talking to her husband. That's mm-hmm. Sarah Palmer that's sitting behind that door saying, you got to tell him this, you got to tell him this, and this is some entity again from the Black Lodge that's sitting in the Palmer house because I have it. Mm-hmm. I just have it that they can come freely in yeah. and out of that house all of the time. That's why we clacking <coughs> in the back of the of the kitchen whenever she answered the door and, for Hawk. And, and the house went at the very end when you said like the lights go out and there's mm-hmm. like a, even just like a spark, like mm-hmm. light, like yeah. spark light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It looks like the convenience store in episode wow. 15. You know, whatever it was when it like disappeared and yeah. took off. So the Palmer House could very well, just like the convenience store, be another vessel. Of it could be, but then watch. bring the scope of that back down. What if it's all just Cooper's dream? And the reason he dreamed the name Tremont and Chalfont is just because those are names he. Yeah. You know, exactly. Like those yeah. are names in his catalog of people associated with mm-hmm. this event. So. The fact that they're coming back up again, it happens all the time in dreams. Yeah. You know, like it's an associative thing. Uh, I think that's the beautiful thing about it. I mean, that's that's thinking about that right there is exactly what makes me very satisfied with no matter how weird and arbitrary the ending was for this, it was, it was still very satisfying because I can I can make whatever the fuck I want out uh-huh. of the show. Like, and, and that's that's absolutely brilliant, you know. And uh, no one does that. Like, there's been no TV like that. I mean, I know you, we talk about Lost and stuff like that. Well, I talk about Lost and the fact of, like, going to work and discussing it afterwards. I mean, like, oh, what do these numbers mean? And, yeah. oh, what do you think this means? But the ending to Lost, fucking screw that. Well, they, 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 they lost their way a little bit yeah. with that. But Lost did answer a lot of their questions. Mm-hmm. So you find out what the numbers are. Yeah. You find out, like... Yeah. The, the beauty of Twin Peaks is that you do get answers to some things, but... The questions that it asks, like Brandon says, are the questions that you want lingering. It's it, it's where you can kind of draw your own picture to this. And she mentioned it earlier that it's very much a personal thing, like how you view this and how you interpret these scenes and emotions that he's made us feel. It's different for everybody. So like, nobody, and they're never going to give us a guidebook. They're never going to say, here's the answers. Mm-hmm. You, you were wrong and you were right. Like, nobody's ever going to get yeah, that. Yeah, that's ever going to come out. I do know that I uh, read a, a snippet of an interview with the... Um, oh, my God, I'm totally blanking on her name. The other producer. What is it? Stephanie... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't about. remember her yeah. last name. I'm very sorry. I'm really bad with names. And remembering people I know in her life. So, remembering people I don't know is a whole different thing. But she did a small little interview on something and said that when Mark Frost left partway through to write, his um, book. to write his book and that David Lynch so somebody asked her like well then how is Mark still part of the production and what have you and David would send him the scripts and the stories <laughs> and everything and Mark would say don't change a thing yeah. every single time don't yeah. change a thing don't change a thing and they never changed anything yeah. from what David Lynch originally wrote down for those scripts and those yeah. stories which I find to be amazing what a what a great partnership the three of them together because mm-hmm. I feel like she gets left out a lot yeah. and I hate the fact that I can't remember her last name but like I mean she's a huge part of this yeah. too of, of helping David Lynch get yeah. his story told yeah and I liked how she's been very outcoming like when, when people were like have you tried syncing up episode 17 and yeah. 18 together and she's like no 
Yeah. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's like nice try. Yeah. <laughs> nope. You're thinking way too. Which I still have it in my head that I wish I could go back through and be smart enough to like pick out each part and put it in chronological order mm-hmm. because I do. Let the internet it, do it for it, you. Yeah. yeah. Let, let the smart people do it. Give us yeah. Let somebody smarter yeah. than me. But like, just I have it in my head that there is a chronological order to this. We just didn't view it in that order. Um, maybe not everything is in chronological yeah. order, but there is some things that there's a story being told, even if it is just Ed and Nora's story, Bobby's right. story, or this story. Like we never see Shelly again. We never know what happens to her daughter again. Or why she's dating um, the magician. Or why yeah. she's dating. The, yeah. We never with see a that big again. Black bodyguard with a big gun. Yeah, like, <laughs> like all that. This whole sparkle drug thing. No. Yeah. No more. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. Did they did they end the the Shelly? I don't know why I keep coming back to Shelly, but did they end that because her and her daughter kind of had some resolution, like come in, have some cherry pie, and then her husband went and killed himself. Yeah. No, I, she's not an abusive relationship. Honestly, anymore, I, I think the or, whole I think the whole point of Shelly's story and existence in this whole return was to show you that shit doesn't change like yeah. Shelly Shelly still has a thing for crazy weird Some assholes just don't change. And, <laughs> and she passed it along to her daughter and it got her yeah. killed yeah. And, and it's sad it's a tra- it's actually a tragedy you know yeah. and, but that's I think that's the only point of it was just to show like yeah Twin Peaks has not been the same in 25 years and those characters it's also like, the same and not the same at the same it's quite know, real yeah. too yeah you know? I agree. it's quite real so well they they gave us a lot of content that and and, not, and with without out a lot of content is that weird to say? Yeah, that? yeah like, so much content. Oh, because there's that, some episodes where it's, they're driving for thirty minutes. Yeah, I mean that last episode <laughs> is pretty much a total. That one. Yeah. If you put it all together, it's about a total of the half of the episode we're just driving. There's, and I then think, we have like five minutes of a sex scene. So really, there's like twenty minutes of actual. It's done on purpose. Yeah, it's, it's done, done on purpose. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it, it's very much deconstructing your expectations the whole way. Mm-hmm. Um, and kudos to Lynch again throughout this whole thing for making us feel something. Mm-hmm. Were we always like satisfied and entertained? No. Like, but you felt he 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 knows the power of like. He knows the power of feeling lost and hopeless is far more powerful than just instant gratification. Uh-huh. So he's going to put that to work, and you're going to suffer for it, but you will be grateful later. And the it. tension that he can build, mm-hmm. and the fact that you're laughing at a scene that you're like, maybe I shouldn't be laughing yeah. at yeah. this, because now I feel like an awful person that I'm laughing at this, but it's funny, and I can't quit laughing at it. I kept laughing like, at Johnny like while his grandma was getting robbed. Like, yeah. He fell out of his chair. And he's on the floor like... And his tooth doll is like, hello, Johnny. Yeah. Dude, yeah. when Coop's sticking the fork in the wall socket, yeah. I couldn't stop laughing. Like, I couldn't <laughs> stop laughing at that to, like, actually grieve the, the, the log lady. Like, I was still laughing. I felt terrible. But so, we, so we got it. We got, we, we got, I mean, I don't, we don't have to be nostalgic. Like, we don't yeah. need Fuller House. Uh, with Twin Peaks too. No, we don't. We we got just that same mixture of weird, uncomfortable, funny. We felt stuff, and it, it's a little different from when it first came out twenty or five years ago. But, yeah. but he's but it he's still had it the same emotion. Yeah, it, it, it's it still true. Yeah. It still triggered something in you. It made you think, who is the killer? I shouldn't be laughing at Leland while he dances because he's mourning his mm-hmm. daughter's death. But, oh my God, I'm laughing at him. Mm-hmm. Like same kind of. The best parts of the original Twin Peaks was like all over this whole thing. Like, (laughs) and that's what I'm saying. When you go back and if you start rewatching the original again, you're gonna be like, "Holy shit, this all fits together somehow." We we weren't expecting it at all. We kind of watched, started watching again just 
just for fun. Well, no, we wanted to watch the, some of the stuff that the international trailer, yeah. the uh, pilot, pilot, and then we just started watching it. Again. Yeah, yeah, it's it's cool. Yeah, so, so we're gonna do that. Yeah, we're gonna do that, and then maybe we'll have another episode out. I don't know if we're gonna. So okay, so this is in no way a promise or anything, <laughs> but. We have made some contact with some people that have had some involvement with the show, and now that it's over, and we've recorded all of our episode content, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go hard and heavy on, on trying to, to get cool some special guests. We even have some people uh, that uh, listen that maybe would want to join in. So I think we we should get, can get creative and add a, a little bit yeah. more content uh, to what we're doing. And like I said earlier, before we started recording, I wouldn't mind to watch Lynch movies and see how it, if it all. Yeah, that's I, that, I maybe want, Eraserhead I, is the dreamer, guys, and we just don't even know. <laughs> well, why don't we? Why don't we really like rad. next? Did if we, you? if you guys want, if we can get some special guests, that's great. But we could also just start tackling his films in chronological order, like start. Yeah. And just. Yeah, let's watch him and talk I'm, about it. I'm up for it. Yeah. Everybody else. That's is that's up one thing I definitely wanted to, to get on the podcast recording was. I mean, I definitely, I, I definitely knew what Lynch was, and and, and really appreciated mm-hmm. Lynch, you know, before we did all this. And um, but looking into it a lot, like uh, you know, getting into this more further, I've, I've like just looked in more into just David Lynch himself, yeah. and I've, I've I've found such a really great connection with an with an artist out there that I, I, I connect with, you know, because yeah. his brain just just does not stop; it cannot stop, and if it's not creating then it's dying and, and that's exactly how I feel like all the time so it's been really great to connect with with uh, you know a, a, an artist like David Lynch and kind of get into this universe so I'm definitely stoked about um, going through some Lynch movies and, yeah. and, and watching some of them and I don't yeah. think we could I mean we could try to watch them all but there's some stuff in there that might be too obscure for us to even find, like short-wise. Oh, yeah, like we don't, we're, 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 not, yeah. Yeah, we're not going to dive okay. into like short movies. <laughs> we'll we'll start with Eraserhead and then go from there. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll go with released movies, but I, I would agree that it's reinvigorated my uh, interest and love of, of David Lynch as not only a filmmaker, but an artist overall, and just his ability to convey through art. Uh, you know, for me, there is no other artist musically or in movies that I find is inspirational is just his ability to do whatever the hell he wants and to push those boundaries. So let, why don't we wrap up by letting me ask each of you guys a, a simple as possible question. What, you, I mean, we've all waited a long time since for this return to happen. So Josh, what, what was your favorite part of, of the return? If you um, had to pick one thing. You know, I'm actually, for me, I'm not going to pick a, a scene or anything. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the, my favorite part of this has been the experience of watching it through this whole summer uh, and talking about it with you guys and kind of having an involvement beyond just a show. Uh, I feel like it's really been a lot of fun being able to theorize with this with you guys about this being a part of the group um, I feel like it's very much going to be a marker in time that we're always going to know what we were doing whenever we were watching Twin Peaks I'm always going to remember it as this summer we obviously just had our Twin Peaks themed wedding which happened the weekend after the finale so it for me I'm very emotionally tied to this as art and, and then also as it's been a, a personal 
journey going through all this and then it culminating with our wedding and literally over 25 years of your life though like, but, yeah. but even beyond that you know like the, yeah. the big picture of things you know it's been a driver for me but I don't know like this has just been a marker in time that I'm sad to see go so that's what it's been like for me Kira <sighs> That's a, that's a tough question. Um, I, I think my favorite parts of this are uh, the subtle and not so subtle, you know, um, commentaries on uh, who we are as people and who we used to be as people and who we've become, uh, what we're capable of, and the things we hope for and dream for, and you know, um, just kind of having that common chair to sit in I suppose for us all to watch this this thing um, we all experience it differently but it's it's all there because you know that's just who we are as, as people so that's that was my favorite favorite thing about it and <laughs> other than that uh, Jade give two rhymes never be able to name uh, anything like an animal or a child jade yeah, oh, no, if we ever get a horse it'll be named jade horse or really big dog yeah. <laughs> which speaking of jade i'm sorry this is totally off topic and then i'll answer your question i promise but was it one of the characters in the original series the show within show yeah that was jade. jade that was the one that was a double invitation character invitation to love yeah, that just clicked in character. my head jade and emerald <laughs> jade and emerald yeah, yeah it was like yeah. it was the dual character so yeah. right whenever yeah. maddie showed so up jade is when they introduced right. jade because she had a, a evil sister or something. <laughs> but yeah. i just now clicked in my yeah. head um it's funny <sighs> i believe this is a hard question as well i think for me it was or it is just kind of uh a revisitation of something that because I mean we started with the old stuff and to, to re-watch it again with people who are so passionate about it or have never seen it before or are re-watching it and have forgotten everything or what have you and the fact that you know this was part of my childhood and then now it's part of my adulthood mm-hmm. you know and being an old lady now <laughs> that uh, to get to rewatch it and to see characters that I've loved for so long and have wanted to see again, um, I think it's more in the characters for me and getting to see those little snippets, even in that final episode where we get to see, even though it's just old footage from from stuff, just getting to see Pete for that split mm-hmm. second just made me so happy and. Uh, even Josie. Yeah, I was good right no, there. They could have yeah. just ended it with Pete like packing up for yeah. his fishing trip. Like, like, <laughs> we're back in the beginning. Good. That was it for me. <laughs> well, Brandon, what about you? Oh, I don't know. I, I've, I've uh, really enjoyed... I think my favorite part of it is just a, the Twin Peaks universe. Like, I, I, I don't watch TV. I mean, I, I, I did it as a kid, and then it just started getting shitty. I mean, like, it it got really boring and not interesting, and just the same old recycled garbage, and, uh, you know, I mean, you know me, I've been been in the Doctor Who universe since I was a kid, so, like, I I, I like belonging in a little nerd-dumb, you know, fandom universe that I'm, I'm comfortable with and can you know, and that's that that particular universe is one where you can think freely and kind of you know arbitrarily like, what does this exactly mean? Like, yeah, this has happened. What is, you can kind of make some of your own conclusions from it. And so I've I've really found 
a nice, welcoming environment with the Twin Peaks universe because it's interesting. Um, it, it makes me think. It challenges me. There's a lot of great people who are super fans of it. I mean, there's some fucking trolls out there too, but yeah. um, the, uh, everyone on that Twin Peaks page has just been an absolute fucking blast to uh, actually follow because I hate Facebook and mm -hmm. I hate following anything on Facebook too. Uh, but that one, I love seeing new people's theory, like people's theories, and um, you know, and even people who haven't. It, it, sometimes you get people who post stuff that like, duh, what does it mean? And everyone's just like, it means this, but it's like, but but that's cool, is because someone else is thinking about right. it too. So, I think that I mean, aside from just the, the donuts, the coffee, you know, like all that stuff. <laughs> I mean, I love all of it, but I think the overall. Um, the welcomeness of the of the of the fandom is is, is yeah. fun, and the universe is really fun. It's more interesting than comic book universes to me. You know, it's uh, it's easier for me to understand. Believe it or not, yeah. Twin Peaks is under easier to understand for me than some comic book. Universe, <laughs> so, like, so. when are we gonna all go to Twin Peaks festival? That's no, that's I, I think we need to do the plan. Like, we should. Like, that's a good plan. I would, I would yeah. go to Washington. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna say no. We are gonna, uh, but. I'm just, we'll speculate it on it right now for the listeners. Brandon and I are going to come up with something that's going to get us an all-expense-paid trip. Just watch. Okay, that's you guys right. work on that. Yeah. I did, since you asked a question, now I have a question. When you began watching this season, is there anything that you were expecting or wanting to happen that, like, really gets under your skin that you it didn't or... I, not really because I, for me personally I think you just gotta expect that to happen with Lynch like I would have liked to have understood like more about why Donna was actually Ben Horn's daughter and you know how like uh, Warren Frost beat the shit out of Ben Horn you know like and I was a little surprised but that's old stuff that's old stuff yeah, yeah so I, I was I, I wanted to see maybe just a tiny bit of touching where the fuck was Donna <laughs> yeah it's okay to, I mean they made Harry a, a, a cancer patient and a phone call, you know, yeah. like just like that, you know. Yeah. They, so why why couldn't they? Why just was say, Annie like, never mentioned once? Exactly. When that was the reason why Cooper went into the Black Lodge, exactly. you know. Exactly, you know. But, but yeah, uh, for me, I, I feel like going into it before we started any of the episodes, those are the answers I was wanting because those were the questions that we had. But it became real obvious real fast that this was not the same, yeah. and so I've I got comfortable like not having expectations because if I set an expectation or I wanted something it felt like David would just kick me in the oh, balls yeah, every time. expectation every week. Like, well, you this do. is the week. Cooper's this is the week. This is the week. Every week. Cooper's going to come back. Every yeah. week. It's episode seven. Uh, seven is David Lynch's favorite number. Yeah. It has to come back. No, it's on 16. One and six is seven. That is, is David Lynch's favorite number. That was, yeah. like, week, that was the day on the poster behind the Bushnell Mullins desk. There was never a single moment in the return where it was quite like we expected it. Yeah. There were some things where we sussed it out, maybe we sniffed it out, but how that was delivered to us, oh, uh, never. not what you expect at all. Like it, right. It, 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 that's one of the, my favorite parts about it, was just the constantly defying expectations. And I do think I like the false leads. Mm -hmm. I like things that you see in the background that you think, oh, guys, that's got to be something. Oh, that's got <laughs> yeah. to be something. That's yeah. got to be something. Oh, the statue that Dougie keeps staring it at has to be nothing. something. Yeah. It means nothing. <laughs> I think it's mildly irritating. Sorry, I just came right in. Uh, yeah. Bobby never got in trouble for killing that right. cop. And then like, he mentioned it again. And he in the was firewall. a cop. Yeah. Like, he was a cop that yeah. was in the office that where 
what Albert goes in and yeah. in the first season. Yeah. Bobby and somehow Bobby's a sheriff deputy. You know. Well, if nobody found out, nobody why would they? Nobody found the body. Yeah, nobody ever. Nobody ever found it. Because they really buried it, it well. Buried it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Really, yeah. They buried yeah. it. I mean, yeah. lots, <laughs> lots, lots of leaves. <laughs> there were lots of leaves. Yeah. So it was pine needles. Oh, I think either that guy got shot and they thought he's a drug dealer, he got shot, we're mm-hmm. not going to investigate this, yeah. and so why? That was always kind of my thing, and yeah. I think Bobby kind of felt guilty about being an asshole his whole life, and his dad wanted him to be better. Mm-hmm. So and maybe after his dad, you know, died or whatever happened to his dad that he thought happened to his dad disappeared or whatever, that he was like, I need to be a better person. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why Shelly left him, because he's no longer a bad guy. Yeah. I do like And Bobby's what the hour. fuck happened to Leo? I mean, we, we just assume he died. Yeah, that's, that Spider yeah, got him. Yeah, or whatever. It was. I really, I would have liked to have seen Leo again. Yeah, I mean, yeah, would have been to nice. See Leo. Yeah, even just a headstone would have been nice. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm just kidding. Yeah, he would have never been found. But with like a party hat on top. Yeah, yeah. party yeah. hat and some uh, yeah. yeah. shades like <laughs> yeah. out nicely like yeah. yes. new shoes. Here new lies shoes. Leo. Yeah. He needed new shoes. Yeah. <laughs> this is where we live, Shelly. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, thank you for listening. We'll have hopefully another episode out, maybe with the interview or something. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We'll try to be better yeah. at posting crap because I'm real bad about that. And We'll probably have some more maybe even lynchy stuff coming at you. Yeah. We, we can stay with yeah. The, yeah, the lynchy realm. Keep an out for future podcasts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, future podcasts. Thanks. Adios. Two shoes.